Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. We are in the house for your football party this weekend. But boy, it's a depressing party considering what we did last week. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you and for you live on a Saturday night, October the 24th, 2020. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Halloween is a week away, but our picks were ghoulish and ugly last week after all of that disagreeing. We had eight games. We were going head to head. We were talking about how big of a week it was going to be. One of us might put the other away. It's going to be a really fun week to to see how we match up. We wind up splitting those eight games, taking four each. And unfortunately, the rest of the games, the ones that we agreed on, uh, we won exactly one of those. That would be the one where the Jets were involved, which is almost free money these days. Uh, ugly five and nine weeks for both of us, Jay. We both lose our individual locks as well. That ends your perfect season with locks, but you still stay one ahead of me there. Uh, it, it, it was it was ugly. I don't know what else to, to say except to just ask the question. Hey, what happened? Jason, are you there? Usually when I don't hear Jason, he has his mute button on by accident, but this time it might be a little worse than that. Uh, we haven't had connection issues in a long time on our show, but he, uh, I, I clicked him in right when the show was starting, so there might be a, uh, an issue there. Let me mute him and come back and see if that works. Jason, are you there? Uh-oh. Uh, Jay, you might have to go out and come back in and see if that works. Yep, Jason has just dropped. Yeah, we've been doing real good on connections. We used to really have a lot of problems with uh, the connection, but there seems to be some tricks to, to keep the connection strong and not get cut off and not have it be choppy. The host has to go in pretty early in the process, 15 minutes or so before the show starts. Uh, when I ran in and tried to be the host like three minutes before the show, that's when I would usually have connection issues. Jason this time came in right when the show was uh, about to start, and that may have been the, the problem with him. Uh, so he's gone out, and he will make his way back uh, soon, I'm sure. Yeah, ugly, ugly picks for us. Uh, like I said, five and nine for both of us on week six. Uh, we're both running under 500 on the season. Jay's at 44 and 45. I'm at 42 and 47. Okay. All right, are you on now? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah, that was weird. Google Google Chrome, which is the, you know, primary browser that I use, uh, not not that I'm plugging anything there, but it, it, it hijacked my microphone tonight, and it's never done that before. Ooh, 
okay. made me go through all. Yeah, it's, it, it, it all of a sudden I get a an alert that said that you know Google Chrome is now using your microphone, and I had to start clicking things, and that, that's never happened before. So I uh, quickly jumped out of the show and, and got back in, and that went away. Great, everything's working perfectly fine now. So I heard everything that you said in the intro. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a rough week. We we, we always talk about. Uh, you know, going going right down the line, right? Yeah. Right, right down the line. What was that? Was a that was a wrestling thing, wasn't it? Right down the middle, yeah. The old right Bill Alfonso, he, he calls That's it right. right down the middle. <laughs> that was us this week. Right down the middle. Uh, Shout out yeah, to Fonzie. We, we see. You leave it to me to come up with the obscure wrestling <laughs> reference on the show, of course. But the guy who doesn't watch wrestling. Yeah, we well, we always find a way to split our eight, or you know, or split the big number, and we we sure did. Uh, but the rest of yeah, what what do you learn? What, what I mean, what I don't know what the takeaways are, uh, other than we had a really really terrible week. That's pretty much my takeaways. I got notes full of takeaways on on a lot of these games, and I but they don't mean anything. That that just because I think I observed something that made me realize why this game went one way or the other right. doesn't mean it's going to make any in, great insight into what, what's going to happen in the next game or any games after that. So that's all we can do is just try to observe what we think we, we saw and, and try to learn from there. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know exactly how much we, we could have possibly learned. Like just taking my lock, for example, what do I learn about the Indianapolis Colts? who fall behind 21 nothing <sighs> yeah. to the fucking Cincinnati Bengals uh, because they still won the game. They still put forth the, the offensive effort on the Bengals and I, that I thought they would. The problem was giving up 21 to begin and, and not being able to recover from that as far as the point spread goes. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from that. And then the Colts actually had a chance on that one to still cover the number. They They're did. driving for the cover and Phil Rivers decide to do a Phil Rivers thing and throw a stupid interception. So that, that was the end of that. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from that, but it's an L. I just got to take the L. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, for, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm five and what, five and one in my locks now, which would put you at six and no, I'm four and one. Let's see a week six so five, so five and, and, five one, and one, one and I'm four and, and two. And you're four and two. So it's, we're both doing really good. That's one of the first times this season that I can remember where one of us has crapped on the other person's lock. Like we've really been in agreement on a lot of these locks. We just haven't locked it up for the other person, you know, where we're yeah. one of us picks the lock and the other one has. Yeah. So it's one of the few times this year where one of us, where we disagreed on, on one of our lock picks. And yeah, I, I, I just, I had that feeling. I had, I had that feeling. I hadn't been too impressed with the Colts, but I guess you got to be kind of impressed with them. Uh, getting down so much and coming back, but everybody comes back this year. So, the defense is so terrible right now. Defenses are so far behind the offenses this this season. It's it's insane, and and everybody comes back from big numbers now. Yeah, I hear people say that it's just defenses behind because of the practice time, because of the COVID and all that. And I still hold on to. I think it's more than that. I think it's the lack of crowd noise allowing all these That's offenses yeah. to just do anything they want to do. There's no having to audible or, uh, well, yeah. you can audible, but there's no silent count. There's no having to uh, figure out what the snap count's going to be. You just call out the snap count and everybody's on, on line. You, I, I know you've seen 
just as many visiting teams draw home teams offside with hard counts now this year as I as the yeah. home team has been drawing the, the road teams off because there's no noise either way. So it, it's pretty much even. No matter uh, what the well, what the home and road situation is, if you've got a strong count, if you're a quarterback that's got a, a strong hard count game like Aaron Rodgers, who has the, the best in, in all of football, uh, then it doesn't matter, home, road, wherever. If you can draw the other team off, you can do it. So that's just one aspect of it that is really – no home field advantage as far as the offenses go because everybody can just run their stuff and they don't have to worry about uh, crowd noise or anything like that. Yeah, do the Bengals get up like that in front of 70,000? Probably not. Hard to imagine they would. It, not saying it's impossible, but but it's hard to imagine, especially yeah. against the Colts who had come in playing as good a football defensively uh, as any team in the league. They were they were right up there with the Steelers and everybody else as far as best defenses in the league, and then they give up 21 to a, a rookie quarterback. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I, – right. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with Joe Burrow. I'm not trying to bury him, but I don't think he's quite that good. And defenses feed, I think, off the crowd more you know than anything. They they feed off the energy, but I, I really do think it's more importantly it's just it's just hard to run your shit as a quarterback. You're a quarterback, you know, uh, you know, play background play lot football, but you know how much difficult it, it it would be to try to run anything when you have to like yell at the receivers, whatever the the play call change is. Yeah. You have to you got communicate with your linemen. Yeah. You got to uh, get your hands over stuff. the helmet because you can't hear the play calls coming in. Can't hear the play. Yeah, it's just yeah. so much more difficult to do with with a crowd than than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, you 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 definitely uh, you, you got the, the I mean they got the win. It's just you can't bury yourself in that big of a hole. And yeah. usually usually don't bury yourself in that big of a hole and come all the way back to cover the big number. That's more of like a Chiefs move. Right. Well, yeah. You you know how I feel about the Chiefs so far this year that they just don't seem to really get up as much for, for any game as they did for the Ravens. They don't seem to game plan as much. Right. They don't seem to have as much uh, variance on their offensive plays as not as much misdirections, not as much razzle dazzle. And it's still seen that way against uh, Buffalo on Monday night. Um, uh, but they wound up still winning and, and covering anyway for you. That's uh, another one that I lost but I, I still wasn't uh, Monday night, Monday afternoon. It wasn't quite nighttime in Buffalo, but I still wasn't all that impressed uh, by the chiefs. That was one where they dominated uh, the Buffalo bills uh, who I've been struggling for some reason defensively this year, big time. Uh, they're just getting, they, they, the chiefs came in to me, the team that was more likely to, to give it up on the ground because of how bad they've been tackling all year. And it was actually the Buffalo Bills that was the much worse tackling team. Uh, there were holes as big as uh, you could drive a Mack truck through for, you know, the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and all the other running backs that the Chiefs have. And they really used that to, to put a lot of yardage and points on the board. It wasn't Pat Mahomes having to do a lot of throwing. It was They didn't have to do a lot of razzle-dazzle and misdirection, but I think they still should, even though they – came out on top on this one and covering the number, I still think they could be a lot more creative on their offense. Uh, this was just they, – they won this because it was some pitiful defense by the Bills, and, and I don't know why they're 
that bad this year, but they, they really, they might be injuries. They, they do have some people that are missing uh, and they do have other people that are playing, but are not nearly a hundred percent. Tredavious White was out there, but he didn't look like he was anywhere near his old self. Um, and they were talking about how bad, how much they missed Matt Milano, the, the linebacker all game. Uh, yeah, that, that was just uh, an effort that just should give you some worry if you're a Bills fan, because that defense is just not very good this year. Yeah, the defense isn't very good, but what I've also discovered is their running game has been, and it's starting to show up in the numbers. The Bills can't run the football, mm. um, and I think their running stats get padded somewhat by Josh Allen because he, you know, he'll he'll tuck that thing down and run. And usually, if you have a a very good running quarterback, just sort of by nature, you're going to show up top half of the league in the rushing statistics and the bills are mid to low twenties right now running the football. And that's with a quarterback that's accounting for a decent chunks, you know, decent chunks of yardage um, on his own from game to game. So he, he, he's not afraid to go out there and run for 20, 30, 40 yards a game. And you're still only putting up 90, 95 yards a game, rushing the football. Uh, we saw that it had, you know, it was all the Josh Allen show throwing the ball early in the year. And your weather's going to start getting getting rough. You're going to start needing to run the football, especially if you're in Buffalo. And they they can't do it. Uh, they 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 Singletary maybe is not the guy, or he's just not off to a good start, or they've been so reliant on the pass. But it's starting to really show up in the numbers for the Bills. Um, that, that it's just not a very good rushing football team. And and you would think, you know, getting what they get out of Allen at that position, that they would they would show up higher in the rankings than they did. And I think they're going to need that. And yeah, the defense is still. You know, there's there's two really good defensive teams, the Titans and the Bills, that just aren't showing up on the defensive side of the football this year. Yeah, which Singletary is that? That's not very good. They can't do it for the Bills. Which one are you talking about? Can't do Devin, it, Devin. Not that. No, no, not Mike. Not oh. Iron Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. Not 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 not, not the not Samurai Mike. I mean, Iron Mike's Mike Dickens. Not Samurai Mike. I I got confused. There. You, you said Singletary can't do it, and I just kind of you know. Yeah, wrong, wrong Singletary. Can't do it. Oh, my, my bad. Uh, the weather uh, showed up already in this Kansas City game. It was Yeah, it was, it was, it was raining. Yeah, it was raining all game. Uh, and another one of those uh, injuries that, that uh, John Brown was not himself uh, trying to hobble around out there and uh, makes a huge difference, uh, obviously, uh, if you got a, a passing attack with him on one side and Stefan Diggs on the other, it's like pick your poison. Um, it's really hard to cover bowls. There's very few teams that could, but when one of them is not anywhere near a hundred percent, it makes it a lot easier to cover the other. And they, they, the chiefs did a pretty good job of, of not letting Stefan Diggs get completely free. You know, Allen kept trying to, to hit long bombs to, to, both of those guys, and uh, their Chiefs are doing a good job of, of defending it. Uh, Juan Thornhill specifically kept popping up and making nice uh, defensive plays. And yeah, it's everything looks so good for the Bills uh, when the season first started. They came out, they had uh, uh, something to prove. Uh, project wanted to prove he's not a project. He got a, a the brand new toy. It was Stephon Diggs, and for you know the first few games, everything was peachy, and they looked like they were going to be one of the best teams in the league. And it doesn't take much; just some one of the guys gets a little dinged up, and and Project doesn't quite get the protection that he needs, and all of a sudden, 
is not looking nearly as smooth as it was, and yeah, the Bills have some have some issues. Yeah, the Bills are uh, benefiting from really outside of. I mean, wow, who's the second best team in the AFC East right now? Is it the Patriots or is it the Dolphins? Yeah. Um, um, that was our that I was have, our win. That was our together win. The Miami Dolphins. It, that's the Jets. That's that has and, nothing and to I do with the Dolphins. I understand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could have taken the Jets and locked them up. That's your move. Um, I did it once. <laughs> it. When you put it in that category of worst pick of all time, ever. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're in a little razzin for that. That's okay. Um, we've all had bad picks, and well, uh, congratulations, Miami and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You just got benched. Good job. Good job, buddy. Magic. Yeah, so it's the bye week. Uh, I guess I guess this must have been the – was this the plan all along? It's got to be what you'd be thinking with Miami at three and, uh, you know, three and three and coming off of two very impressive wins, uh, blowing out the Niners and uh, shutting out the Jets, that this had to be the plan, right, to, to, ben, to, to go with Tua coming out of the bye? Yeah, and it, it begs the – question of course that somebody should uh ask the the jets uh i'm sorry the dolphins brain trust which is what exactly could ryan fitzpatrick have done in the first six games that would have made you keep him as a starter if the answer is is nothing that's this is a a dwayne haskins (laughs) situation right where you're just you've got nothing and and you're you're just you're just so devoid of talent you're blaming everything on the quarterback and now we're finding out with with Washington that maybe it really wasn't Dwayne Haskins' fault, but what did yeah he was a little upset you know he he, he was right to come out I think you know and and say he was upset and sad about his benching because he was playing pretty pretty good football he's had a couple of clunkers but you got the Dolphins sitting at three and three and you've got seven you got three extra teams now that can be you know you got three wild card teams you got one extra wild card team the Dolphins are sitting right there. Um, six games in, in 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 the thick of it, and you're gonna go and you're gonna bench Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know you're coming out of the bye week, and what is uh, Tua's reward gonna be in 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 week nine? Aaron Donald and the Rams. Oh boy! Well, so welcome, not like welcome it's to the, the Jets league, again. Kid. Yeah. No. So I, I I just I get that sense when this got announced that it was immediately like this was this was predetermined maybe maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't know about it cuz i guess he took it pretty hard um obviously and but that the brain trust and, and the people who run the Miami Dolphins had this plan all along this just had to be the way we're going to get to the bye we drafted this guy so high you know we were tanking for Tua <laughs> and we got him and thank thanks Fitzpatrick and uh you you're not the future Bye. I mean, he knew he wasn't the future, but gee. Oh, yeah. I, he I think didn't this earn was, his benching. No, absolutely not. I think this was plan B. I still think that their original plan was Fitzpatrick was going to be Fitzpatrick in the first four or five games, and then the Jets come along in, in week six, and, hey, there's a perfect spot to, to slip him in. Um, for I don't. I really don't think their plan A was to make his first start against Aaron Donald and, and the Rams. I really don't think that. But because Fitzmagic was doing what he was doing, they figure, well, we can't bench him here. Uh, we're we're going to have to push it out one more week. Maybe he'll bomb against the, the Jets and, and <laughs> they we blow can, him out. 
No, they, they blow the Jets out. <laughs> Not only that, uh, they they put Tua in for garbage time in yeah. place of Fitz, Fitzpatrick during the Jets game. And Fitzpatrick is like, there. you know, there's like two or 3,000 people or whatever that they allowed into the stadium down there in Miami. And Fitzpatrick is up there like rallying them on when Tua comes on, like, yeah, the kid's in, let's go, let's cheer the kid, all right. Because that's a man who's secure in his job, who knows, yeah. look, I've done all I could uh, in, on this team to, you know, to be as successful as I could. I, I guess if he was 6-0, and they couldn't have made this much. I guess that's the only thing they, they wouldn't have, uh, they could have done, that Fitzpatrick could have done to not make this move happen. But Fitzpatrick being secure in his job and, and uh, having already put it on the Jets is like, yeah, okay, the kid's in now. Let's, let's give him a hand. This is his first ever action. He came back from that gruesome college injury. You know, all right, let's let's feel good about him. He's getting in, and it's like, oh, that's your replacement. Oh, you had no this idea. This isn't as egregious as of my favorite example of all time, and you I know do. what it is. Yeah, I do. Jake Plummer, Jake Cutler. Mm-hmm. This isn't as egregious as that because I believe the Broncos were seven and two yeah. when they benched uh, when they benched Jake Plummer. And, and and Mike Shanahan uh, benched him for for Jay Cutler and the seven and two Broncos that proceeded to miss the playoffs. <laughs> that's yeah, an all time. That, was, that's that all time. was pretty bad. That's one of the worst I've ever seen. That a quarterback, uh, yes, he wasn't the future. He wasn't Shanahan's guy, but he was seven and two as your starter. Well, this isn't the same. This is I, this is a step down. But that's what triggers in my brain because that you know the the plumber and cutler one is like I said that's all time that's the probably one of the worst uh, mid season quarterback moves ever um, for because it was again, unwarranted. Again, if you're plumber, you're looking back and going, okay, what else could I have done <laughs> right. to avoid this? What did we're you on, want like, to be nine and zero going into the play? We're gonna go into the playoffs. So you're gonna bench me. You're gonna put in cutler. Who's gonna go? Who's gonna? I think gonna win one game out of all the yeah. rest of those, and they finish eight and eight and miss the playoffs after being seven and two. No, this does. This doesn't have that same. This doesn't have that same feel. Fitzpatrick three and three. He had two really bad games. He had the terrible game in the opener, and he had a terrible game against Seattle. A winnable game uh, against Seattle. In uh, that you know Seattle. They 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 hung around in that game for way longer than they needed to. He did not perform well, but then he bounced back. They just he probably had his best game of the year against San Francisco, and right. then he had a, a decent game here against the Jets. I mean, he didn't have to be perfect against the Jets because the Jets are that bad. Yes. Um. Yeah. Enjoy the pine. Speaking of the Jets, I just wanted to uh, bring this up. Uh, Mark Sessler on the uh, Around the NFL podcast talking about the Jets, he suggested that the Jets need to fire Adam. I might be uh, drawing our Jets fan to call back in right now, but he suggested that the Jets need to fire Adam Gase, not because they're embarrassing themselves or uh, because they need to make a coach. They need to do it for team safety because he's, uh, his argument was the Jets are playing so poorly that offensive skill players are in jeopardy of getting hurt because they're, the, the, wow. they're not blocking for them. Obviously, they're not blocking for any of the, of, of the. They're not blocking for the quarterback. So whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Flacco or Sam Darnold, who's going to come back this week, um, he's going to go. He's in danger of going down. The 
Running backs are in danger of getting destroyed because they're getting, they're not getting any blocking up front. The receivers are in danger of getting destroyed because they're just running around constantly trying to play catch up and running downfield trying to, and, and getting blowed up. Uh, it's a safety issue now. The Jets are so bad that there's somebody calling for them to make a coaching change just so the players won't be in danger of getting even more hurt or even more beat up. And it, it sounds a little preposterous until you think about the two teams that have made coaching changes already uh, with the Falcons and the Texans. And, hey, all all those players are playing better, aren't they? So maybe there's something to that. Okay, yeah, I- <laughs> I, I, I uh, I'm gonna go to the Onion here, you know, our, our, the uh, you know the satire news website, and uh, headline yeah, some people take for days. real. Couple, <laughs> like if you're if you're Trump when you you know you start quoting the Onion or the Babylon Bee. Yeah, um, I like them both. I understand that you know one's liberal and one's conservative. I think they both have funny headlines, funny phony headlines. Uh, this last week. Uh, there were two sports. Each one of them had a sports-related one, which was funny. Uh, the first one I saw this week was it said that the, the Tampa Bay Rays have never been so thrilled to play in front of such large crowds. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, right, because how many people are watching the World Series? Like 8,000? That's a, that's a humongous yeah. crowd for them. And uh, the Onion article here a couple of days ago, they had one about Adam Gase, so I had to reference it because you said that. And, uh the uh, the their headline their fake headline says Adam Gase insists it's way too early to think about destroying Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Come on! Hey hey! Uh, I like that one. The, the kid is gonna be drafted number one by whoever. It looks like it's gonna be the Jets. And no, it's not too early to think about that. No, I I I, I like those those headlines too. Though that those are those are pretty good. So yeah, no, the Jets are awful. And, and yeah, we had the call last week. Very, very down on his luck, Jets fan. Once, once Adam Gase gone, but this is what it is. This, this and, isn't like this isn't going to be. You fire him and you get the bump. Even the Falcons got the bump. <laughs> Although I will yeah. say, in the to the Falcons' credit, we I don't think we've awarded anybody a FedEx team yet. And the reason no. I was hesitant with them is because they at least had the capacity to run out to these big leads. Right. And what was really nice to see them do on Sunday, more saying so as a fan than as somebody who was on the wrong side of that pick, which you, I believe you had. That's one um, of my wins. That was one of your wins. Because um, this is a nice thing about when we go four and four against each other is we both get to claim geniusness. Oh, yeah. That's um, one of mine. So you, you were right on that one, and the reason I liked seeing that as a fan was they got out to the big lead and they didn't blow it. Like, hey, there's, you, there's you, a can, key. you can hold a lead. You're allowed there's to a key hold to, a lead. Yeah, it, it really helps when you have these big leads to just keep scoring. That's nice. It's really hard to blow the lead if you just keep putting points up on the board, and the Vikings were very willing. That defense, oh, man, a lot of people – not just me, a lot of people like the Vikings this year. Wow. Uh, maybe maybe Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes were way better than we thought. Even <laughs> well, as grabby as they were. Kirk Cousins, without his superstar running back, when that offense is off balance, that's a yikes. That's, that's, that's exactly why I picked uh, Atlanta, was because Kirk Cousins didn't, was not going to have Dalvin Cook. And there's something about 
when the offense is reliant on Kirk Cousins, that's not yeah. good. You do not ever want your offense to be reliant on the production of Kirk Cousins. First play of the game was a play action fake from Kirk Cousins. He threw a pick. <laughs> First throw someone, of the game. Someone wasn't buying it. I want to say he put three uh, mm-hmm. picks up. And this is an Atlanta team that turns nobody over. No, the rookie A.J. Terrell got his first on that first yeah. play of the game. Back from yeah. back from the goop. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he got one. Kirk Cousins gave him two more. And you know, and Matt Ryan and that offense, they, they've been doing this all year. Their offensive ranks are, are pretty decent. <laughs> right. You know, scoring points in bunches has not been their problem. It's the giving up the points in bunches after accumulating the big lead that's been their problem. But this is a team that should be 3-3 three and three at the worst if you don't have the two historic collapses. Yeah, and that's why I was with you on the side of they're not a FedEx team. They're clearly trying, at least, you know, in right. the beginning of games. Um, but it was just it – it wasn't that I saw them uh, as completely quitting. Like I said, I tried to sort of uh, couch it in a different way. It looked like they were – when they got to a point where they lose those leads, they to me it seemed like they started playing as if they didn't expect to come back and win the game. And that's a different – I guess that's a different form of quitting – but that's like when a, yeah, you, that's like you're just you're just beat down at that point. The moment, the moment you lose the lead, like oh, well, there that goes again. Shit. All right, it's it's over now. And you know when you're under a, a, a lame duck coach like that, then that 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 can happen. Where you just know it's just not going to work, and and you can just forget about it. But you know, it, it change of regime, get the coach out of there, and maybe more importantly, is the Vikings are a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, Defensively, they're they're not nearly what we thought they would be, and like I said, offensively, when you when you have to rely on Kirk Cousins, it, it just seems to, to never go well. Yeah, and definitely, uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, anything he did in this game, did good in this game, was all during Dak time. That they were <laughs> that was blowout territory, and they got a couple of scores late when Atlanta just was like, we've even amassed a lead so big that we can't even blow it, and <laughs> and Cousins compiled some stats, but that was all Dak time. Yeah, we, we knew exactly what that was all about. So we talked about Kansas City and Buffalo, which last yeah. week when I made the pick, talked about being, uh, I felt like a sunning was coming. Mm. That wasn't the game where we got the sunning. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. That would have been Pittsburgh oh. and Cleveland. And we should, I saw it, you didn't yeah. see it, but I, that I, was that was it. Son, you ain't ready. <laughs> Every damn time I believe in the Cleveland Browns. Every you got damn the brown time. fever all over Man. yourself. <laughs> oh, every I, you, you can't trust them. So they they got sun. They they clearly were not uh, on on any level of the Steelers. They weren't ready for them. Uh, Baker Mayfield got the some media excuses for him. They kept talking about how he came in hurt, and it, no, it, it wouldn't have mattered if he was healthy. If he wasn't hurt, they they still weren't ready. Yeah, uh, that's it was a class just, problem. You're just not in yeah, that, that class. That's JV versus varsity problem. That, that's exactly what that was. Um, I should have seen it coming. I didn't. You saw it coming. Bryson Brooklyn saw it coming. All hail Bryson Brooklyn, who even I, – I didn't see this coming. But not quite you even, this. You even had me convinced that Cleveland was capable of, <laughs> like, competing with the Steelers. This, that, was, that was painful. 
I don't know if Cleveland was convinced that Cleveland could, convince, could compete with Pittsburgh. That's the problem. I don't know yeah, if the Browns had, thought they, they could. They had nothing. I mean, and you know, this is this is your paper champion, right? This is this is the yeah. Browns. They lived up to it again. Uh, bum slayers, paper champions, and what whatever you want to call them, they they can handle lesser talented teams. But I think they they're gonna they they, they just they're not equipped either mentally or coach-wise or physically to handle teams as good or better than them. And they, they should be able to to beat teams. And we used the Dallas example. Maybe that's not such a good example anymore. No. Now, from a gambling um, standpoint, we have two teams on the schedule this week that are I, – I was blown away when I saw this. We have two teams in the NFL. One's obvious. Uh, maybe not obvious, but there's two teams in the NFL as of right now, not counting any of the bye week teams, that are 0-6 against the mm-hmm. spread this year. Against the spread, 0-6. Right. The Jets, that's obvious. Yep. And the Cowboys. Uh, you wouldn't have thought that necessarily. The Cowboys are 0-6 against the number all year. So when they've won, they haven't covered, which makes sense. They didn't cover against Atlanta. I can't remember their other win. Um, (laughs) And they must not have covered that one. And then they've had their losses, which they were probably favorites for. Oh, they lost to the Rams, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, in the opening. Sunday night opener. Lost to the Rams. They they beat – no, they beat the Falcons, which wasn't a cover. And I still can't remember the other one. I said the Falcons twice. No, um, I'm I'm going I'm going through. I'll, it'll take me a second, but I'll find it. Uh, yeah, there's the Falcons. The next week they uh, lose uh, in Seattle on that crazy Sunday yep. nighter. Uh, the next week they lose to the Browns. They were to give up 49. And uh, almost came next, back. Yeah, <laughs> that time again. That time. <laughs> They won the game when Dak got hurt. Right, because uh, Red Rifle came back for him, but yeah. they still didn't cover. Right, they didn't. So the 0-6 against the spread this year for Dallas. And you posed, you sent me something interesting. Uh, there might already be trouble in that locker room. That didn't take long. Good old Mike McCarthy. Uh, we, uh, I, I was – Blown away when I saw this uh, tweet that a uh, Cowboys reporter tweeted out that, you know, you got the anonymous sources, of course, but uh, players in the Dallas locker room were making very specific charges against Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff that they don't seem to teach football very well. They don't seem to be well coached and they don't seem to know how to make any kind of adjustments. And like alarm bells started going off in my head like, (laughs) the fuck have I heard this before yeah. about, about Mike McCarthy and, and his coach? Where, where have I heard it. this? Oh, wait a minute. That's right. I've been hearing it for years on the podcast I co-host. Over and over again, I've heard this. And now the players from yeah. Dallas know exactly what Green Bay has been dealing with. All these years. And it, but it only took them six weeks. <laughs> yeah. He just got there, basically, right? Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a long tenure. Yeah, uh, Roto World was uh, speculating that this might be a, a one and done. It might be a retread uh, one and done situation. That division is so winnable, oh. and they're going to find a way <laughs> not know. to win it. Six and ten, fire. six wins God. is going to win that division. Oh, they they fall behind again. Zeke's fumbles aren't helping matters. Uh, Mike Dolan, Mike Dolan, Mike Nolan's D looks very badly. Yeah. 
coached. Uh, I, I don't know about the offense as far as coaching, but that defense looks like they don't know where anybody is. Like they they're looking at each other like every play. Like what what I was who's supposed to be there? I was supposed to be. There. You were supposed to be. So yeah, it, it it plays out on the field. They don't look well coached. They don't look prepared. And of course, you and, and second half adjustment. You've been saying that for years. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, uh... <laughs> It's hard to make second half adjustments, first of all, when you're down three touchdowns every game. And they did it again. They did it to the Giants. They did it to the how, how But that means you have a lot he, of adjustments to make, right? There should yeah, be plenty. You, Mike McCarthy's problem was they'd get leads, but then they would never adjust and they'd blow them. Or they'd let teams come back, creep back in. The Cowboys are literally coming out every game. And just, just getting, blown getting the doors off, blown off. Off the field. This game was 21 nothing at yeah. one point. Again. It, 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 these, are not, these are not great teams doing this to them. These are the Giants and the Cardinals right. and the Falcons and the Browns. The, the Cowboys haven't been playing world beaters, and they're letting teams just run up these huge uh, scores on them. And clearly Andy Dalton, you know, it's Dak time because of Dak. Andy Dalton is not a Dak time. He's not a quarterback that you can let get down three and four scores. Yeah, he's not uh, rallying guys back with four yeah. touchdowns in the second half. That, that's not his deal. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys can't run the football. Ezekiel Elliott, 49 yards. Yeah. Isn't this what they ran Jason Garrett out of town for? Why is this all looking so familiar? Um, of course, their offensive uh, line is just garbage right now. It's it, It's hurt. Uh, they're losing people left and right. So that's not, so he doesn't have the room. But then what their run defense did, I mean, they let Kenyon Drake go for 164 yards. Yeah. And Kyler Murray ran for 74. See, this is the anti-Bills. It's like the Cardinals running game is what the Bills should look like, right? When you have the quarterback who can run and then you can put the running backs back there who can contribute as well. I guarantee you Arizona is probably higher ranked on the running game than than the Bills are. Um, of course, I love my running stats and I can in pass in passing stats so I can look and and Let's see back here. that Arizona's, up for you right now. Uh, Arizona's fourth in the league in rushing. Uh, Buffalo is sixth and Arizona is fourth. Yes, that's correct. And the, the oh. yards per carry is, is the thing that blows you away with that, too, that Arizona mount now up to 5.3 yards per carry after they put 261 on Dallas. Yeah. So they, they're just ripping holes, just right. massive no, the, holes everywhere. The, the, the Bills are sixth passing. They're 28th rushing. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, you're right. I was looking at the wrong stat. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I corrected you on a stat. League. You need to repent. <laughs> <laughs> Or I need a nap, one of the two. No, I was like, that doesn't sound right. I just looked this up before the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Bills, 28th in the league rushing the football with a running quarterback. Right. Where the uh, Cardinals are fourth in the league rushing, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, if the, if the Bills get the Cowboys, <laughs> then they can shoot right <laughs> up the charts, right? <laughs> we, they, they need that. Is running on the Cowboys. All right, we brought up the, uh, the Steelers, sunning of the Browns, and – now for more in-depth on that and to, to rub our noses in it. No, your nose. Bring, your nose. I, I, nose I, I had the Steelers this week. You <laughs> could take this one. 
because I got that one completely wrong. Let's bring on the world's biggest Steelers fan, Bryce in Brooklyn. Uh, Bryce, your, your guys looked awesome. There's nothing else I can say about it. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How y'all feeling tonight? Good. Doing good. Oh, man. Good. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a good win. I, you know, I think my analysis was kind of spot on. You know, I didn't obviously predict a blowout, but, you know, I just thought they just didn't have enough to stay with us in. You know, ultimately they didn't. No, you specifically were talking about uh, players and they wound up making uh, impact on the game. You you brought up Minka Fitzpatrick and, and what kind of impact he's made on the team. And look at him stepping right in there and, and getting the, the turnover and, and the, the the entire defense taking uh, the, the Browns to the woodshed. Uh, it was pretty much a mauling from, from oh, the get-go. Oh, still there? Uh-oh, can you hear us? I can't hear anybody. Still Uh-oh. There? All right, Uh-oh. sound check here. You hear you hear me, right, Trey? I hear you. Uh-oh, uh, okay, so this has got to be... Oh, now, now Bryce is completely dropped. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, one of those nights, apparently, on the on the sound boards. His, uh, uh, yes, his, maybe his, uh, his, his computer or phone must have a humility detector or something, because... They're like, hey, whoa, you're rubbing it in a little too much there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, roll, roll it back. No, no, he's absolutely right. I mean, just I'm just looking at the stats for the game right now, and I didn't look at the stats for this game because the Steelers, you know, Roethlisberger was okay. The running game was fine. It was the defense that did it. Yeah. Uh, what, what, you know, Baker Mayfield, 119 yards. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You had some Case Keenum action in this game. They just had to get Baker out of there. Yeah, yeah. They and Pittsburgh didn't didn't need the offense. Uh, you no, know, they they got some running it, but but Ben was just kind of game managing and, and just kind of sitting back there and, and didn't have to do much. Uh, it was it was it was from top to bottom. It was just a, a mauling. All right, Bryce, are you you're back? Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. Everything just went blank. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, you know what happened. What I'll tell you one thing, two things. One, um, yeah, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick is, you know, he's got a long way to go in terms of what his stamp on the league is going to be. But if I had to compare him to a player that I've seen watching a lot of football, I mean, he is not this player yet. But in terms of his style of play, plays kind of like Ed Reed. You can tell he's watched Ed Reed and studied him and, you know, has that speed and that those similar gifts. This guy's going to be a problem because it's very difficult when you get guys like that that can really play. It's very difficult to threaten the deep middle of the field consistently. And if you can't do that in the NFL, the passing game can become a grind. You're going to have to attack the outside. So if the corners hold up, Pittsburgh could have a really good pass D this year. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Ed Reed, of course, is a Hall of Famer, so to have those kind of instincts, that would be a hell of an accomplishment. But I think Minka right now can be a honey badger. I think he's certainly got the athletic ability to be at least that good, uh, you know, just getting more comfortable in the defense and, and he'll probably make more impact plays uh, as, the, as the year goes on. Yeah, I mean, when I look at – it's just I don't know. When I look at just the way he plays, it's the range where it's like – this is Ed Reed like. Like this guy, you could tell has studied Ed Reed the way the way he wants to play. His ability to to understand the coverage, the, 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 
to cover the space he covers. Like, you know, he doesn't necessarily tackle like a strong safety. You know, he'll tip, he'll tackle. It's not it's not like super physical, but he gets the job done. But it's the coverage skills. This is the style that I've seen. And, and, and having that type of guy on your team, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. some serious instincts he brings. Yeah. And, I mean, and again, you, you see a team that completely benefits from what they, they did with Miami last year. Mika Fitzpatrick shouldn't have been available in, in a trade. I mean, this is what you get when a team is – this is what you get when a team is tanking. You know, we, we've <laughs> joked all season about Stephon Diggs shouldn't be available and DeAndre Hopkins shouldn't be available. And, and, and a little overlooked last year in the fire sale when the Dolphins uh, – we're trying purposely to lose early in the season and then weren't even good enough at being bad. Um, th- they ended up actually winning games late. And, and yeah, Fitzpatrick had no business not being on that team. Boy, they, they should could sure use him right now. Miami's in the thick of it. <laughs> and they bench their quarterback. Yeah, yeah we talk about I, that all the time. When you... I, I'll tell you what. I'm going to throw something random out because I know I want to get to, you know, a little bit more to Browns and then just the Titans game, which is five-star matchup. If I was Trevor Lawrence, i tell you what I'm going to throw out, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Not only would I pull an Eli Manning, I would double it up and pull an Eli Elway combined, meaning if the <laughs> Jets and Washington got the number one or number two pick, I would tell both those organizations, we've done our analysis, we don't want to play for you. Don't draft us. I would watch them blow up, leak out information, call me, you know, disruptive as a player. If I was Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't care. I was like, you haven't earned the right to get my services. I'm not going to entrust the crucial beginning years of my career to your dysfunctional organizations. I would tell Ron Rivera, Ron, I think, Coach, I think you're great. It's no disrespect to you. It's just timing. Um, I can't entrust myself to this organization based on what I've seen. Don't draft me. I'm not coming. And Trevor Lawrence, if anybody has earned it, it's probably Trevor Lawrence because he's been the first pick in the draft for what three years yeah. now. <laughs> Feels this like isn't it. like this isn't like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere last year, right? So I don't think Joe Burrow earned it. So he took his lumps and he went to Cincinnati, which is another dumpster fire organization. I, Cincinnati's just as badly run as Washington or or the Jets, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But he just didn't have the you know the pedigree. And, and, and has earned it where every but we've known that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick all the way back. But this is their third season now, right? This is his junior yeah, year. Uh, so we knew, yeah, this, is, yeah, we knew this is freshman year. We do this is sophomore. He's like, as soon as he's eligible, he's consensus number one pick in the draft. We haven't had a guy like that in a while where you just were waiting for him to become available because he was going to be the number one pick. Probably Andrew Luck. <sighs> Yeah, luck was that way. Tua became like when Tua popped up, when Tua showed up in that championship game. Like, oh look, we've got this substitute that we're going to bring into the national championship game, and he's better than the guy we started. And then he comes out and wins the national championship basically at halftime after they benched Jalen Hurts. From that point forward, you knew that Tua was going to be a top guy. Um, But no, I, I yeah, if Trevor Lawrence, you know, is, is serious about his career, I guess that's something you have to entertain. You're not getting the max contract. You're not getting the the the, the Sam Bradford money anymore, right? Right. You're you're, yeah, you're gonna go. And you're gonna get your number one slot, but you can get that number one slot from anybody. And yep. if you're thinking about that next contract, yep. do you want to go get destroyed playing for the Jets or you know? And, and maybe it's appealing to yep. go to New York, but 
really? Who's he throwing the ball to? Yeah, no idea. Tell him no. Nope. Yep, tell him not coming. And and he's got the leverage. I would do it. I mean, yeah. now look, some of these other I organizations you might laugh at me. Spot, though. I oh, think why not? You know, like, like Jacksonville. I'm not mad at that. I think there's some. They've had recent success. I'm not totally sure. sold on Doug Marone, but Shaw wants to win. The Giants, legacy organization, are going to get rid of Gettleman. He is awful. You know, I've heard Joe Judge. I think the players play hard for him. If I was Lawrence, yeah, I'll go turn that situation around. Atlanta, that'd be a great situation. You know, some of these, you know, some of these other places that may need a quarterback, go all in. Like, sure, I know it's not going to be great, but I'm willing to try it out. But those two organizations specifically, no. I told them no. I, I, nope. I will say Washington's a better landing spot than the Jets. I agree, and but but that's like being the skinniest kid at fat camp. Sure, yeah, but look at look at it look at it this way. All he's got to do is win five games, and he's in the he's in the division race. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the dysfunction he would have to deal with. Oh, yeah. just to win five games, yeah. not even worth it. Man. And, and I think and I think Ron Rivera, but I just I think there's more like Washington's got a faster turnaround path. I like Ron Rivera. I like their defense. I do. I like Ron Rivera. Yeah, I think Ron I, I, Rivera. I would respect Ron. I would. I would. If I was the agent, I would really let Coach Rivera know. Coach, this is really not about you. Please don't take it personally. Yeah. Maybe they'll let him be the team. As a whole just can't be trusted right now. I can't. Yeah. It's just bad timing. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll let Trevor Lawrence name the team. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll do better crazy. than football team. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my crazy. That's my crazy thing, you know, for the for the week. But we the Browns, I mean, you know, I think, I, I think yeah. honestly, I think Eli and Elway, those players could pull that. I don't know if you could pull that in in the Twitter age, and in, the, in, the, in this this day and age that you could pull stunts like that. Um, but we'll see. I, we haven't had anybody pull it in a while. I mean, he's got yeah, he's got the leverage, ones. guys. And honestly, if I'm him, I just don't care at this point. I, like people are gonna not like me and say bad things. So what? Like, do I want to right. go waste the first five years of my career and possibly end up just uh, playing for? He's gonna go play for the. He go play yeah. for the Montreal Alouettes for a couple of seasons. <laughs> no, you force their hand and say trade out of the pick, figure it out. But we're not playing for you. That's up to you to figure out. And this is what you get when you. This so that's my rant for saying. In terms of the Browns, I mean, you know, paper, you, you, you know the Browns are the Browns. I tell my friends, you can't trust the Browns or the Bengals because those are flawed organizations and really flawed teams. If you really dig down to the paper, they're flawed teams. I mean, there's talent, but there's talent on a lot of teams, but they're just flawed. Like, they're flawed from 22 to 53. They're the same. Those, that team along with the Cowboys don't have the same problem people who do not know how to build teams from 22 to 53. One to 22, they'll get some players, and they'll light up stat sheets and be good for fantasy. But 23 to 53, they're not built to win. Well, at this point, I think it's got to be maybe as much mental as even the the physical putting the team together because the the Browns did appear for the last uh, two or three games which is not a big sample size, but they did appear like they, hey, they looked around and said, hey, we, we got some players and we actually know how to utilize all this talent that we have. I think the, that's the biggest problem for the Browns right now is they finally amass a good amount of talent 
uh, all these years that they, they, they just didn't have the talent. Now they actually have the talent. They just don't know how to use them. And, and this game, it wasn't even about we don't have enough talent or we don't know how to use the talent. It was just about we don't believe that we're good enough to use our talent to, to compete with a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think at this point it's just mental that they got to believe that they can belong on the same field with the Steelers, and I don't think they believe it right now. Well, I also think the problem with Cleveland is – well, not a problem. I think they figured it out the last few weeks, and, 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 and you could see their offensive game plan. They were moving away from Baker Mayfield. They were turning into a run-to-throw type of team, and it was being very successful for them. And when you come out in the game against the Steelers, who's it's your chief rival, you know, it's the big brother syndrome, and as soon as you get down – and you don't realize that you have the trust in that quarterback to bring you back, it just became a snowball effect. And, and, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And that's what happens when you have, a, you know, a, a, a li- the, the liability on offense is the quarterback. Yeah. I love what you said there. I mean, and, and that's what it is. Like, guys, think about what we're saying here. They have to build around and scheme away from the number one pick in the draft. They've set themselves up for mediocrity as long as that guy's a – they'll win games. They'll win some games. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield's not Johnny Manziel, but he's not the number one pick. It's not good enough. No. Nobody's Johnny Football. Come on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say Baker Mayfield's just terrible, but he's not the guy. And so you're going to beat some teams you should. And when you go against teams that can scheme it up and got great athletes on defense and got a full team – you're going to struggle. That looks, looks like seven and nine to me. Looks like eight. Oh, man. All right. Steelers, Titans tomorrow, five and oh, five and oh, the big clash. What, uh, how do you see that playing out? As, as Tomlin says, it's a five-star matchup because we're in it. <laughs> I mean, you're playing a great team, man. So obviously I, first of all, did you see Ryan Clark on first take had me fired up? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, no, I, I didn't catch. But, he called. He was calling out Derrick Henry, from what I understand. He said Derrick Henry is fake. Is 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 fake, is, is is late play bravery. I mean, he doesn't run hard against <laughs> big boys in front seven. He gets to the secondary, got smaller and stiff arms and all that. Which, listen, Ryan Clark said what you want. He knows football, and he was a missile when he played. So all these people getting on his Twitter talking about, yeah, you wouldn't want to tackle Henry. You better watch that tape. Yeah, you know, anybody. where I will disagree with him is Derrick Henry does run for a lot of tough yards. And you can't be insulting the guy who is running through the secondary. You know, there's a lot of running backs in this league who would just kill for the opportunity to run into a secondary <laughs> who aren't good enough to get to the secondary. And yeah, wish there's, a, get to the there's a there's a benefit that, and we, we Andre and I have talked about this on the show for about a year now that nobody wins games and nobody plays a brand of football like Tennessee and teams are woefully unprepared for that. You you can't. How do you prepare for that? You, you can't prepare for Derrick Henry unless you want to go get a, a, a linebacker and, and have him try to run through the hole. Because that's yeah. what's coming at you, and and Derrick Henry gets stronger as the game goes on. And the reason he's running off these big runs and running through secondaries, and a lot of it is later in the game, is because the other team is just worn out. Right. And so I do disagree with I do disagree with Ryan Clark uh, on, on that standpoint. Derrick Henry, I, I is he's a top tier running back, easily. Yeah, I didn't hear that, but um, 
I, that's got to be some sort of ESPN showmanship trying to, you know, become yeah. the next screaming A and just say something controversial. Because <laughs> I think I think Ryan and Clark also, is smart. And the Titans are coming to play his team, right? And we know yeah, how these announcers are and these these talking heads when it comes. They're all to homers the for their old team. Oh yeah, yeah, they're all they're always going to every time they're going to pick a game, they're always going to pick the team that they played for because you can't be, you know, it's in it's in you that you are like. You just can't do it. That's like that'd be like that's like Bryce here picking against the Steelers. He, he's got the Steelers. It's not going to happen. We, we know it, of course. Listen, I, know. listen, I consider myself actually a pretty reasonable Steeler fan. When I've come on this show, think about yes, what the things that I've said. I'd like to think it's thought out. It's not just total fandom. Not no, total. we know you got the Steelers this week. Well, well, look, it, two things. One, I'll say this about Ryan. Ryan Clark makes. Look, I understand his point, and he was not downing. I don't want you guys to think, Andre, he was downing Derrick Henry. He said, top back, monster guy. He just says when I watch him on tape, he does not run as hard when he's going against the big boys up front than when he gets into the secondary. And I can understand that. He's a taller guy, Eddie George-like guy, Dickerson, kind of runs like those guys. So he doesn't necessarily always overwhelm big defensive tackles. You're not Bettis, but he's a monster. And he was giving him his props. He was just saying, yeah, someone from the secondary got to come up like a missile like he did when he played and liked his team. I don't want to be anybody on the Steelers' defense this week facing Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, no, this, is, this goes to my second point. All right. uh, I like the Titans' offensive line, and they're very well coached. This is going to be a great game. But if any defense is going to come see Derrick Henry, it's going to be ours. Because this whole <laughs> running for 200 yards, that ain't going to happen. Now, you might get 100. Hey, they might get it going. They can play well. They got a good passing game to complement. Just 200 yards, you can toss that out the window. He ain't getting that. So I'll, I'll say that right now. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be a close game. The issue no one's talking about is the Tennessee defense, I think, is, can be a good defense. I just don't know if they can slow down our offense. People aren't talking about our offensive line. Top 10, definitely maybe playing like it's top five. I mean, these guys' versatile run game can pull the guards, can come off the football, have a left tackle, haven't given up a sack. They are – this offensive line is legit. This defense for Tennessee has, has been a little weak against the run. James Conner's playing well. He's a guy that runs with reckless abandon. If the Steelers get it going with the run game and be physical, they got a lot of weapons. I don't know if the Dory Jackson's going to play. I don't see the Tennessee defense actually slowing down the Steeler offense with the Hall of Fame quarterback. Tannehill's playing out of his mind. It's great, but he's not Ben. Ben is Hall of Fame, so he's got a level he can still get to. He's playing well. I just don't see them slowing us down. I think Tennessee may play well on offense. I think our defense does enough. 31-24 to 24 Steelers. There you have it. Bryce has spoken. It's going to be a great one tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Bryce. Wait, real quick, what are you guys' prediction? I want to hear before oh. I get off. Oh, boy. Well, we, we – are we picking the game? Bryce made a request for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Especially you, Andre. I got to hear your pick. <laughs> what are we? Set it up, Dre. It's a pick. It's a pick. Oh, you want you want the whistle and everything? All right, we can. Well, you got to give me the line. You got to. We got to make it a pick. Got to make it official. All right, the five and O Steelers are visiting the five and O Titans tomorrow, and I. Think there's a lot of respect really on both sides with, with the with the point spread if you think about it. Uh, Pittsburgh is plus one and a half at, at at the Titans, and I think that's 
respect for the Steelers because it's not the three-point cop-out line, but it's respect for the Titans still even, I believe, because Pittsburgh at 5-0 and being still being an underdog to the Titans, I think that actually says a lot of, uh, about what people think about Tennessee this year. So, yeah, Tennessee's coming up. Tennessee's oh what's the, yeah so Tennessee's coming off of a game here where they got exposed defensively they should have lost that game against Houston it was only by mm. we didn't talk about this game yet but you want to talk about a cheap cover they could have lost very cover. easily that was the cheapest <laughs> cover I've had in a long time because I'm standing there at work I'm watching the game and Tennessee has got to tie the game I'm like okay so in order for me to win this because it's a four point thing I need Tennessee to tie the game and then I need to, and then I need them to get in <laughs> overtime and get the touchdown and everything yeah. happened. <laughs> exactly yeah. the way that I needed it to happen to win that pick. So thank you, uh, Derek Henry, for uh, taking that snap and running it right into the end zone in overtime. Uh, but, yeah, ten, no, it, 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 I completely agree with Bryce. I think this is Pittsburgh in this game. I don't like the Tennessee defense this year at all. They, them and the Bills, I don't know where their defense went, but they need to get it back, and they need to get it back quick. Mm. It's too many too many horses in the Pittsburgh offense for that Tennessee defense, which is in, in, the, in the back end not very good. So I do think that the – I do think that the Titans, just from their uniqueness, will be able to do things against the Steelers that, that other teams might not be able to do just because nobody plays football, that, that winning ugly brand of football that the Tennessee Titans play that we've been admiring, but this doesn't feel like a good spot for them, especially because they're so they're so bad on the back end right now. So, yeah, I do like Pittsburgh, and it being, uh, uh, being a underdog in this game, and I, I see it so clearly for the Steelers, I'm locking it up. What? That's your lock of the week? Oh, my goodness. That that was totally unexpected. On, uh, I, I was not expecting that one at all. Okay. Um, so I definitely don't feel nearly that strong about it because I think it could be uh, one of those that goes either way. I'd, I'd see it uh, actually low scoring and grinding because I think both offenses mm. are going to take care to not make the big mistake. Uh, mm. against the other team. They they want to be careful. They want to take it uh, uh, kind of slow and, and pl- uh, plotting, especially Tennessee with, with Derrick Henry. Um, there's two dueling ACL injuries that happened in the last game for both of these teams that mm. will play a factor in this one uh, because yeah. the Steelers lost their talented linebacker Devin Bush to a torn mm. ACL. But I think, uh, unfortunately for the Titans, more importantly is them losing their left tackle Taylor Lewan mm-hmm. to a, a torn ACL. And I think that opens up the uh, Steelers defense to keep that blitz package up and keep coming in uh, more than half of the time blitzing that the, what they've been doing this year. It's the, it's the toughest test for the Steelers defense this year, but with, with uh, the, with the Titans losing their uh, blindside blocker for Ryan Tannehill, that's his going to wind up being his toughest test is the Steelers defense back. And so that's why I think it's going to be close, but I think it uh, evens out on the side of the Steelers uh, with the way they come on defense. I don't think the Titans have seen anything quite like what Pittsburgh is going to bring defensively. And I think that's the difference is Pittsburgh's defense is going to make that key mistake. uh, And over what Tennessee has done, their defense is not going to make Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers make the key mistake. So I got uh, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh coming through, making the the key turnover, getting uh, the mistake, make uh, and make a a, a, a a slow four point small victory for the for the Steelers. I don't have it as a lock. That's Jason who locked it up. I still can't believe that one. Um but but we we both have the Steelers uh, over the Titans. Wow. Real quick guys, best quarterback in the NFC South. Deshaun Watson, Tannehill. 
Who is it? It's Deshaun Watson. Andre? Uh, I, I think Ooh. it's Tannehill, actually. Ooh. Overall. I mean, Deshaun Watson throws the best deep ball, one of the best deep balls in the league. I don't – I mean, I think he's been <clears> – <throat> I think Ryan Tannehill's in a better situation. I think he's got a better coach. Well, he has a coach, which is a better coach right now. <laughs> uh, just having a coach. He's got the best running back in the league that he's turning around and handing the ball to. I think I've, I've seen more from Deshaun Watson consistently than I've seen from Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill just landed in a great spot. I think a lot of quarterbacks could be doing what he's doing right now. Kirk Cousins could be playing right now for the Titans and be playing just fine. Wow. Stop. Bite but your tongue. He's a great play-action quarterback. I'm <laughs> going with decision. Watson. I, but Andre knows I've been a Watson guy for a while. Right, since Clemson, I understand that. So, yeah, uh, since I told you to bet on them in the championship <laughs> game and you didn't. I'm yes, only asking I, I because we that. played the Texans. I think, you know, I'm also, Jason, would just as a quarterback, I would take Watson over Tannehill. Um, but we played Watson, and so going against Tannehill, I was just wondering, is this the best quarterback Pittsburgh has played so far? I would say Watson, even though Tannehill's playing great. I think it's the best system they've played. Tannehill's a system guy, yes. which I say yes. about Brady, and there's no shame in being the greatest system quarterback of all time, but you're not the greatest quarterback <laughs> ever, which I've said about Brady. He's the greatest system quarterback of all time. Tannehill is in the perfect spot for Ryan Tannehill, um, but I think he, he – he fell into a great situation. All he had to do is be better than Marcus Mariota. He runs the play action great. <laughs> he actually has turned wide receivers that everybody left for dead into actual NFL wide receivers. Like we always suspected that these were good receivers on the Titans, but Mariota was so bad that nobody knew. And then all of a sudden, I remember last year when they made the change. I'm telling Andre, like, hey, I'd you know, I'd start picking up these Titans receivers in fantasy because they're going to just be sitting on the waiver wire. And all of a sudden, you start seeing, you know, A.J. Brown and A.J. Sharp. And all of a sudden, you just start seeing these Titan receivers are scoring touchdowns every game because all you needed was a barely competent NFL quarterback. I, I still think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than, than, than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a really close pick, and I think Watson's a better playmaker. But I think Tannehill's decision-making since he got into this great situation, I admit that it is a great situation to fall into. I think his uh, he hasn't made the, the dumb mistakes that, he's, that he made in Miami that got him run out of town. I think his decision-making has almost been Russell Wilson level, which is to say, like, every time he has mm. to make a choice, it seems to be the mm. exact right choice. Yeah. And it's been yeah. on that level to me, and mm. that's why – pick him over Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson, uh, is, he makes some great, great big plays. And then he has two or three plays in a row where he runs 20 yards backwards, spinning around like he's a dog trying to chase his tail. And it's like, dude, either get rid of the ball or choose somebody to throw it to. Don't just keep running around and trying to, he, he that, that's my problem with, with uh, Deshaun Watson is he doesn't make enough smart plays. He makes so many plays where he just takes big losses and puts his team in really bad positions because he he's, his decision making isn't on that level yet. Let's get the man a real coach. No, no, I mean no. That's those are great points, man. Tennessee to me, of course, five and zero, best team we faced all year. I will say as a side note, Jason, how dare you say that about Tom Brady? Dude, ah, that's, that's greatest, that? a, dude, greatest. I, I don't even know. I, I can't stand the Patriots. 
This guy's the, the best system, ever plays, man. Greatest you see system, that accuracy? That footwork? He's the greatest system quarterback on, of all time. plays that he's going to show. The greatest system quarterback of all time. Talking about 20. Come on. As Andre oh, said, bite your tongue, man. Tommy. Yeah, I, I think kinda, he said that. I think he was I, I like, sarcastic. <laughs> That's what I mean. I just think oh, he was. Funny to you guys, man. <laughs> I grew up with Montana, right? I, I, I still think Montana's the greatest quarterback I've ever, I've ever seen. And and Jason, that same argument you're making, though, if you wanted to, you could actually try to make that about Montana. Uh, plus 77 point differential in four Super Bowls. Tom Brady is barely plus 10. In but nine. if you wanted to say system, West Coast was innovative, yeah. had the weapons. I mean, I don't say that. Montana to me was the greatest until Brady won six Super Bowls. So, but you could make those same arguments if you wanted to about I, it. Joe, I, I would. I never looked at one Super Bowl that Joe Montana won and went, yeah, they kind of got lucky in that one, or they didn't <laughs> win because of that offense. I've looked at a lot of Brady Super Bowls and gone. Well, they got lucky in that one. Well, their defense carried them in that one. Wow, did John Casey really kick the ball out of bounds after the Panthers tied the game to give him the ball at the 40? Yeah. What is it? Wait, wait. Yeah. So there's. I've had enough issues with Brady where he's been on the right side of a lot of luck. Um, I never looked at Joe Montana and went, yeah, he's lucky. Boy, those 49ers okay. are so lucky. I'm actually on both of your, your sides. I agree with – Jason, about the Brady thing, about being a system quarterback, that he really could have lost a lot of those Super Bowls if it wasn't for his defense. And I agree with you, Bryce, that Montana wasn't all that much better as far as being a system quarterback. If you took Rice away from Montana, he'd be uh, – he might be Vinny Testaverde. He might be a guy that just amassed a lot of numbers. <laughs> Well, never that's really the thing is, that's the yeah, thing, this though. show has gone that's, off the rails. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Brady had Brady had a, a rice type guy for one season, right? For yeah. one season, and they lost the Super Bowl. Case closed. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, listen, no one. Jerry they Rice, lost. man. They no lost one has been They lost to a six seed. They lost to a six seed. <laughs> oh man, they did. They did. They did. We yeah. turned into a sports talk show all of a sudden. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm not a Tommy guy. I, I mean like he's great. He's 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 on Mount Rushmore. But I just don't I would I just don't think he's the go. I didn't want to say it, but he's just gone out and proven it. I mean he's just gone out and proven it, man. I mean, look at the comebacks, look at the Super Bowl comeback. I mean, he's making it's like this is a guy that like when the fourth quarter came it was like the Madden awareness rating just went off the charts. I mean, you, you couldn't stop him on third down. He, he's making all the right reads, all the right throws. I mean, you could say about athletic talent, but when it came time to it, he, made, yeah. he can make every single throw. I mean, I got to give it to him. Yeah, I just, he he's, he's benefited from so much luck. They, they went to a Super Bowl because they beat, the, they beat the Chargers, I believe, in one of the championship games where Tom Brady threw the interception to lose the game, and all the, and all the San Diego guy had to do was fall down with the ball, game over, to run out the clock. So he got up and tried to run with it, and then they stripped him, and then the Patriots got the ball back. It's like, <laughs> come on. The game's mm-hmm. over. You threw the pick to seal. Yeah, the, he's just he's benefited. He's been so lucky. And lucky, you make your own luck, and he's been there a lot. I'm a Belichick guy. I think Belichick's better. I, I think Belichick that was more of a – yeah. yes, I will say Belichick's the goat yep. of coaches, but I'm not yep. a Brady guy. But for a while, people were saying 
system argument for Montana for why people were saying Walsh was the goat. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know if and, I that's why I agree with that. So I, <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, look at the coaching tree. Greatness from Walsh. I like how I like how I like how we're we're, we're like we're, we're like debating this, and Andre's just playing both sides of the fence. <laughs> yeah, baby, you're both. Andre's right. got to get his he's got to get his swag back after that Browns pick last week. <laughs> I got a lot of bad picks to overcome. He didn't man. lock him up. Though. Give him do. a break. He exactly. didn't lock Listen, him up. Andre, I'm going to give you some advice, man. Never ever trust the Browns and the Bengals; they will break your heart. You get the brown. He had, he got the brown fever all over himself again. Okay. Hard, man. Don't ever trust the Browns. I agree with that. We're, we're going to get to our other the picks. Either the talent on paper, you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's great. They'll break your heart. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I should learn that. Thanks, Bryce. It's been a great uh, time talking to you. Yeah, I love talking football with you guys. You guys are great, man. Love talking football Thanks a lot. Thanks All much. Right. Take care, guys. <laughs> He starts bringing up Brady and the goat stuff. That's not even a softball. That's like a wiffle ball for me. <laughs> I'm I'm swinging at that one. I know. Time. I know. No, he and 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 he's right. We did somehow get completely. Completely off the rails. You know what? That's also a perfect uh, sound drop for our picks last week when you talk about five and nine for both of us. So yeah, he, he actually not too saved much. us from. Uh, from recapping too much of that. I mean, if we had, a, yes. did you have any quick words about any of the games? Uh, Nothing I, important. I, I quick, real quickly, Packers completely dominated the Bucks until Rodgers started getting pick happy. And you could just see Tampa Bay just completely, like, they went from, we don't, we don't have this thing to wait a minute. I feel better. Like instantaneously, like when you get a pick six and then you throw another pick to your own one yard line, the other team gets yeah. good real fast. Yeah, that, but Rodgers was allowed to overcome that. He just he couldn't. I don't know what happened. No, where you're Bay up ten just, nothing and thirty eight to uh, thirty eight unanswered points later, yeah, you you walk the off the field just, like you got those two picks and they just started like like literally they're like, wait, we're winning this game that we should be losing, <laughs> and you just saw the whole thing turn around and, and and Green Bay all the air came out of that balloon really fast. So. Brady to Gronk for the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, that was, that yeah. was a very strange game. So, all right. Yeah, well, we got one pick in. Was, so. was terrible. Yeah, we so we were both on Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, you I'm willing to lock. I, I am totally Ooh. willing to lock that up. I don't think the tight the Titans have shown me nothing to say that they can win a game of this this caliber so far this season. They have struggled you? against some lesser competition this year. So they're, they're you're going to put it on the on the level of a brown sunning? Like the Steelers are going to show them that they don't even belong on the same field with them? No, I, I see a 10-point, 12-point win. If I'm taking a team as a dog, and I think they're going to win by potentially double digits, right. sure, yeah. I could see like a 31-21 or a 34-24. Okay. There you go. So, yeah, one game out of the way, and we don't have too much time for the rest of them, but at least one is down. So yeah, the 45 other... minutes. We used to do this in 30. Well, <laughs> and we got we'll make it. so we only got 13 games left to go. Actually, 12 games left to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because oh, do we want to talk about uh, <clears throat> getting cute? Do we want to talk at all about last the, night? Yeah, uh, the, the Thursday night game in which you uh, get the the jump on me for the week, in which you said that the the uh, Eagles would beat the Giants, but not cover four and a half. And goddamn it, if that's not exactly what happened. <laughs> um, Thank you. 
Yeah, that, I, that was I, more I, interesting than the debate. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had any uh, question believing that, but no, it was uh, it was a very unusual game. Uh, the, I don't know what to make of. I still don't know what to make of the Eagles or the Giants coming out of that one. Uh, Eagles win 22-21. They had to rally back to do that because the Giants kind of had that thing in, under control. Um, and then Philly made the, the last minute comeback to to win, but not cover. Uh, like you said, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to what to even say about it. But uh, but you, you you got it. You got that pick. You you got yes. you got one up on me to start the week. Yeah, it, you know, and I felt good. So so not only do I know I have the win for the Giants, now I need the Eagles to score so I can say that not only that I have the win, <laughs> but I got cute and had the pick because I had Eagles on the money line, Giants with the spread. Felt good starting the week off. And I don't get too many jumps on you on Thursday nights. I always feel like I'm we're either we both win it or I lose it to you. So getting getting the freebie going into to, to Sunday always feels nice because I don't get it a lot. You you got it in that way. I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I got nothing else to say about that game. It's, uh, you you won it and, and good on you. And Daniel uh, Jones Red... was that was that run by Daniel Jones like the epitome of Giants football? Is that the Giants football catch the fever play where he has nobody Sniper. anywhere around him? <laughs> Just like trips over the fifteen yard line. Sniper got him. Uh, I was. <sighs> Really hoping that they would turn that into a turnover and, and make that. Sort I'm of sure the, you com- would because the perfect avatar for Giants football, but unfortunately they scored a yeah. touchdown anyway on that drive, so it didn't really matter. I know um, I'm totally waiting for them to either not score or have to kick a field goal after he yep. has like a, a clear lane, but no, they ended up converting for the touchdown, and that was about the point where I knew I had it because I think that put them up 21 to 10. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah and then you get the and then the Eagles. You know they get. The, 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 I will say to their credit that last pass uh, that Wentz made to Boston Scott to win the game, beautiful throw and catch. And I almost came up with the, the geniusness because the Giants' drive back to try to uh, to win it was thwarted and broken up by the, uh, the the old man defensive line. They made the play. They stripped Daniel Jones. If only one of them could have picked that ball up and ran it in, I would have had complete genius geniusness on that call but nope was not meant to be so no you you got that one uh so the other 12 games uh, for us to pick we will get to them in a couple minutes you are listening live to in much less detail the podcast not on the radio but only here on the website blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail to be notified when we're live you can follow the show on the blog talk radio website or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, 
in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Yeah, we know we got the uh, World Series taking place right now, so those of you listening to that and joining us and, and maybe listening to us and watching that at the same time, Little Steve Stone action for you on those uh, plugs, as Jason pointed out before. If you if you know, you know, and that's all I'll say about that. All right, the other twelve games that we're going to pick for Week Seven in the NFL. Jason's off to the good start to overcome that five and nine, and I am not. And hopefully, I can turn it around. Uh, yeah, uh, Troy Aikman called that game a pillow fight at one point. I think that's about all you need to know about uh, that. Giants-Eagles game from Thursday night. Uh, the rest of the games tomorrow and Monday. So they run around uh, with feathers tickling each other like, you know, <laughs> Pillow fights. It's sacks of, of feathers uh, that they're trying to hit each guy. other with, I guess. Say, that's why I can't tolerate him calling other Was he wrong? What, what if the Cowboys were playing? What would that have been? A water gun you know fight? what? <laughs> Uh, some of the games that the Cowboys have played this year, I think he probably would have said the yeah. same thing about them. Uh, that oh, that division, oh my god! All right, anyway, the rest of speaking of the division, the Eagles Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> the two four and one Eagles. Yes. Speaking of that division, the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Potato Skins will uh, play tomorrow in the other side of the NFC East. The Cowboys are two and four. The Potato Skins are one and five. There was some Andy Dalton uh, belief, I guess, going into uh, their game Monday night against the uh, the Cardinals. Gone. That, hey, it's not so bad. You know, Red Rifle will keep them afloat. He's 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 the best backup quarterback in football. This is why they signed him. He's not going to make. They're not going to miss Dak Prescott that much. He's going to make it all right. Woo. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe well, you and that. I both. You, I think you and I were on that too. Uh, we were both on the Cowboys and did yeah. not come out on the uh, right end of that one. So just to, the the turnaround from that is unbelievable because now after that Monday night game, the Dallas Cowboys are one point underdogs at the yeah. absolutely atrocious one and five Washington football team. The zero and six against the spread, Dallas <laughs> Cowboys, who will find a way to get down twenty one to nothing. To Washington? To the Washington. Well, they to the Giants and Daniel Jones. Why not? Is, yeah. do it to, you know, and here, I'm taking Washington, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm. Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Andy Dalton, not mobile. They're going to get after, they're going to get after Andy Dalton. The Cowboys can't run. The offensive line is hideous. The only thing Washington can do is get after the quarterback. And I think everybody's coming after Andy Dalton. I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, they might have, four sacks apiece, those two guys. You might have eight, nine, ten sacks in this game for the Washington 
football team. No drink. No drink. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I, I don't trust that offensive line of the Cowboys. It's in their DNA down to get down big, and they're already questioning their coach. I'll take Washington yeah. straight up. Sure. Uh, no Zach Martin now. He's out for the, for the year. Yeah. The O-line woes continue for the Cowboys. Uh, Chigo Rivera is going to bring all sorts of pressure uh, for, for Red Rifle. I, I agree with that part. It's just the talent level is such a, a disparity. I understand that the, the Cowboys have struggled and they haven't covered any spreads, but that Washington team is one of the worst in football. That's one of the three worst teams in football, I believe, right now, along with the Jets and, and Jaguars. Um, I, I can't take them. I'm sorry. I got, I got to think that Dallas will find a way to bounce back and, and get this win and get that first, very first cover uh, of the season. Um, I, I don't believe in Washington at all. The Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Detroit at two and four. Atlanta at one and five. Hey, good on the Falcons. Get that first yeah. victory. Get that bounce. Radio Raheem, he's the man. I guess that was the problem the whole time, or maybe not. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Radio Raheem wasn't the solution. Dan right. Quinn was the problem. Ah, that there's a difference. Yes. Uh, in any event, the Lions one and a half point dogs down in Atlanta. It, yeah, honestly. I, Atlanta's perfectly capable, again, of putting up a 40-point effort here. Uh, Detroit's one of those teams. I don't like their coach. We all know how I feel about the ass clown. (laughs) Uh, So I don't particularly think that the Lions are going to be good or tough in any kind of spot. I love what Atlanta's offense has been able to do. They run. They throw. Uh, you know, Jones is healthy. Ridley's nicked up, but he's going to play. They've got – they're good at the tight end position. Matt Ryan – Seems like he throws for 400 or 450 yards every game. Yeah, Radio Raheem, 2-0. and Okay. Yeah, Atlanta, number two. Uh, passing yards per game in the league, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, to have a 1-5 record and be number two in passing, that's 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 hard to do, man. That's uh, that's an accomplishment that's to pull like, that, that off. That reminds me of the Falcons teams of when I was a kid. <laughs> Where they would just the sling the ball Miller all over. Yeah, they would sling the ball all over the field, but their defense was so atrocious they'd lose every game, thirty-eight to thirty-five. <laughs> you know what? This is too. Uh, this is not going to be recognized by anybody, but I want to give props to two of the better quarterbacks of their generation. Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan are two of the better quarterbacks of their time. They're going to always be completely overshadowed because they played with Brady and Breeze and Manning and all the other guys that uh, they're going to be put above them uh, in the hierarchy, but they're, they're never going to get their due, but they're two of the best. I, there are two, absolutely two really, really good quarterbacks in this passing era. They're right there, uh, right under the, the top tier as far as I'm concerned. Um, and yeah, they could, they're both probably going to put up 30 points in this game, both sides. I, I love the over because the, we know what the Falcons uh, D has done all year and the Lions haven't been all that much better. Um, uh, Atlanta has better skill players still, even though they're beat up uh, and, and uh, you know, not necessarily completely healthy. That's about the only difference that uh, these two teams are really similar to me, but uh, the Falcons just have better talent, better skill players. So I will agree with you and take uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, those Cleveland Browns and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I, I can't even look at the word Cleveland on my sheet right now. That, that's how nauseous they are making me. Um, 
that team, that's a, that they're four and two after that. They were yeah. that, that team came in four and one and looked like they didn't belong in the NFL against the Steelers. Well, they got the so, sunning. That, oh all my god! You get these. Uh, they will not have Austin Hooper for this game. Cincinnati will not have Joe Mixon at running back for this game. Uh, the Browns are still favored even after that. They are three-point favorites on the road at the 1-4-1 one, one Cincinnati Bengals. Well, you don't like looking at that CLE on your sheet. Get ready because you're mm-hmm. writing it down. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns here. I like the team to bounce back from the sunning. Joe Burrow might have to throw the ball 70 times in this game. Uh, with Joe Mixon not being back there. This was the rematch of the first game. I think Cleveland 35-30 not covering um, when when Joe Burrow had to throw the ball 61 times and just kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. No, I I think I like like Cincinnati here coming off of that that drubbing and that sunning, having to come back and lick their wounds um, and, and getting it against Cincinnati, who we know that they can score on. They didn't have any problems scoring on Cincinnati. Um, and I'm definitely not impressed that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals here don't have Joe Mixon, who's been very productive for them, and that's going to put a lot on Joe Burrow. And Cleveland, Cleveland's probably going to be, you know, geared up for that. So I don't think they're going to be too worried about the running game, and I, th- I don't think they're going to let Joe Burrow have the success that he had last time. So I'll take Cleveland and give the three. Yeah, the Browns got to bounce back after the Week One Baltimore drubbing or sunning. Uh, they got to play Cincinnati three nights later on Thursday, and they put up 35 on the Bengals. Uh, as you said, they didn't cover their six-point spread because they kept letting Joe Burrow come back and throw and throw and put up 30 points for the Bengals. Uh, but also in that game, uh, Nick Chubb ran off for uh, 124 yards and a couple touchdowns, and he will not get to uh, repeat that performance. He's on IR. But Kareem Hunt, in that same game, ran for 86 yards and a touchdown, and he will be there. So uh, I'm going to agree with you and take the Browns uh, just because of the running difference. I think they can run all over the Bengals again and dominate them on the ground. And uh, if they win by five again, this time it'll count for a win for Cleveland because they're only favored by three. Honestly, I think that number moved our direction because of that game last week. So thanks, Steelers. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably would be about a six-point line again if uh, if Cleveland did knock off the Steelers. The Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans, uh, we talked about the Packers and that weird game uh, in Tampa Bay where they give up 38 unanswered. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Houston Texans having a real good chance to beat the Tennessee Titans in that wild game and wound up finding a way to, to give up the last touchdown in regulation and then another, another touchdown in overtime. And uh, there was a coaching decision in that one that was controversial as well. So I quickly wanted to know your thoughts on that one. Romeo Cornell getting the touchdown for Houston uh, and going up, uh, they were already up one. So the six points put them up seven uh, mm-hmm. down with, with the last couple of minutes to go in that game. And instead of going for one and making it an eight point game and making Tennessee have to drive for a touchdown and two, uh, Romeo tried to go for the kill and go. He went for two. He did the go for. He go for two. Uh, tried to go up nine and did not get it. And as a result, Houston was able to go down, and get the touchdown, and the extra point to force overtime. Uh, what'd you think of the call? Did you like it? Dislike it? Uh, was it gutsy? Was it stupid? It was gutsy. I didn't have a problem with it. You're going for the win on the road because you seal the game away once you get up nine. There's not a lot of time left, and you're an interim head coach. What, I mean, what do you got to lose? <laughs> yeah. So, Always in the room. And, and their record's terrible. 
So yeah, you're, you're the team. Nobody expected you to win. You, you pass it up. You're still up seven. You're still up a touchdown. They still have to go. The, they still have to score a touchdown at that point. You kick the extra point, which is not a guarantee, right? It's not a guarantee that you get that 33-yard extra point anymore, and then you miss that. Yeah, go for two. Go for two. Put it away. The game is won right there. Problem with it. I concur. Uh, I think if this was Riverboat Ron or, or Jack Del Rio, some of the other that coaches. That was funny because get... it would that's just funny that you said that because when I was at work and I saw that because we had red zone on, I specifically referenced, <laughs> right? What do you think he is? Gambler Jack or Riverboat? <laughs> I was actually, uh-huh. Yeah. You thought, you, yeah. you thought exactly what I was thinking. If it was one of those, it would have been like, Oh, what a gutsy move. He's going for it. What a play. Yeah. Instead he gets to criticize. I mean, everyone, I guess will get some criticism because it didn't work, but yeah, right. I agree with you. I, I I didn't have a problem going for it at that point and going for the because yeah, you do sew it up. You got to make them get it's simple math. Make them get two possessions instead of one if you if you convert that two point conversion. Uh, and yeah, with that much time left, yeah, it would have been really really difficult for them to get uh, both. The, the Houston Texans defense was giving it up, but they weren't giving it up quite that bad. Where you can get two scores on them in in basically right. a minute and a half or whatever it was. So no, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Anyway, the Packers and the Texans get together after their respective crazy losses, and Green Bay down in Houston is still the much better team with a much better record. Four and one Packers are three and a half point favorites at the one and five Texans. Yeah, Aaron Jones is nicked up. He's got a calf issue. Um, I, I have a they might not play him just in general. I, you don't want to take any risks when you've still got two completely capable running backs and Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon, their, their number one uh, draft pick. So, you know, and he's a bruising guy and Jamal Williams is, he's basically a poor man's Aaron Jones. He can run, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. They run him out on a lot of routes, which the Packers have been doing a lot of this year. So if I'm then, I'm not too worried about Aaron Jones one way or the other. Uh, I still think they can get by in this game without him. Uh, I don't want to be the team playing Aaron Jones coming off of that effort, throwing throwing those back-to-back picks and, and then getting completely outclassed the rest of the way by that Tampa Bay defense. I don't I don't want to be Houston. I thought about locking this one up, but I've locked up the Packers a few times already, so I thought I'd do something different. Um, I'm taking the Packers here. Uh, so no, Aaron Jones is yeah. That's likely uh, he's likely not going to play. Um, a couple of other injury factors that swayed my decision here. David Bakhtiari is likely not going to mm-hmm. play, and he's the best lineman, uh, best offensive lineman for the Packers. That's big time because that's really the reason why Aaron Rodgers uh, seemed to lose his mojo, his confidence, whatever. Uh, in that Tampa game is they just started blitzing and coming after Aaron Rodgers and really messing him up. I mean, it's crazy to say that somebody with his poise, you know, future hall of famer uh, got rattled, but he clearly was rattled. He he wasn't accurate. His decision-making was not very good after the, the, those first 10 points. And I think the uh, Tampa Bay D coming after him made a big difference there. And now you get JJ Watt and the Houston Texans coming in and JJ Watt almost won that game by himself for the Houston Texans against Tennessee. He was everywhere against the Titans. Uh, Yeah. They really could have, and maybe should have won that game over Tennessee. And then green Bay's DBs are banged up. Uh, King and Savage, I think are uh, either questionable. They're going to miss the game. I, I 
forgot which one, uh, which designation they got. Um, And that makes a big difference to me because uh, Deshaun Watson, and I know I didn't pick him over Tannehill in this contest that Bryce gave us, but I don't think Deshaun Watson is bad at all. I wasn't trying to criticize him completely. I just think his decision-making is lacking, but big time plays, man. He's, he's, got that ability and now that Bill O'Brien's out of the uh, out of the conversation he seemed to have that ability back and uh got the the wins uh after the after, right after the firing and then last week uh we didn't talk about it but Derrick Henry rips off that stupid touchdown run uh where he's running away from DBs which is fucking ridiculous for somebody to be <laughs> yeah. able to somebody that, 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 that 94-yard uh, the 94-yard yeah. touchdown run yeah and uh, Deshaun Watson turns around after that and doesn't crumble at all. Instead, just starts bombing away and hits, uh, I believe it was Will Fuller for a long touchdown. Yeah. He answered the call and put the Texans back in front and put them in position to win that game and wound up throwing for uh, 334 in that one. Um, and in the first game um, after the Bill O'Brien firing through for, I think, 359. Um, He's not, they've not been shy about just airing that thing out since Bill O'Brien got fired, which is why I like Deshaun Watson, because that deep ball, he's he might be my favorite deep ball thrower. So there you go. I may have picked Tannehill over him, but as far as this particular game, Green Bay and Houston, he's a new man without Bill O'Brien. He's airing out those deep balls. The Green Bay DBs are banged up. On the other side, J.J. Watt and the Texans coming after Aaron Rodgers with their best offensive lineman on the shelf. This was almost a lock-off. You say you almost Green Bay. I definitely like Houston, and I'm locking that in. I think there's too many wow. factors going against the Packers. I didn't think you, so. So I stunned you with my lock. And yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, you stunned me with this one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, on to the Bills and the Jets, which should not be a good one. Um, is this just easy money? Is this going to be 16 games all year where you just go against the green and wind up making money? I don't know. Um, but it's the biggest spread of the week. No surprise. Bills are four and two. They are 11 point favorites on the road at the Owen six jets. Yeah. Uh, Owen six against the spread. Owen six straight up, uh, not looking good for the jets on the positive side. They're getting Sam Darnold back this week. It looks like, so, Hey, that'll make all the difference. Well, it does make a difference. Their record with Sam Darnold is like, you know, maybe like 8 and 16. Without Sam Darnold, they don't win. Um, So if anybody's going to give them a punching chance of hanging around in this game, it's going to be their supposed franchise quarterback, although I know everybody's uh, trying to run him out of town uh, on a rail, get rid of him, get rid of Gase, get Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) just just blow the whole thing up. Um, I'm taking the points this week. I, I I didn't think I would ever take the Jets. I think the Bills strike me right now as a little discombobulated. This feels like a a game that they show up expecting to win and let the Jets kind of hang around on them. Uh, They can't run the football. They're missing John Brown, which I don't like, which means I think the Jets are going to probably quadruple cover Stephon Diggs and make Cole Beasley have to beat them. All their tight ends have the goop. So the, I don't think the Bills are in a great shape offensively here. I, I find them winning this game late. I think it's going to be like above like a Bills win from last year where they went into the Jets early in the season last year and had to kind of like 
just race from behind until they finally eke the thing out at the end. I got a weird feeling it's going to be like that this week. I, I, I could see like a 21-16, you know, 20-14 to 14 type game. I think the Bills kind of sleepwalk through this one and the Jets uh, get a cheap cover. Uh, John Norman is uh, Josh Norman. I'm sorry, is also not going to play in this one. There's a lot of guys that aren't going to play for the Bills in this game. Uh, Tre'Davious White has that achy back. I think he's going to try to play through it. But there's a lot of guys that aren't going to play, and probably on purpose because they probably figure they don't need them because <laughs> it's the Jets. Um, this is a rematch of Week One in which the Bills uh, established themselves right off the yeah. bat, uh, a ten point win at home against Buffalo, which does not bode well for them as an 11-point road favorite. But Project did come out 3-12 and two TDs in that game, added 14 carries for 57 yards in a TD just because he could. Um, the Buffalo Bills defense is always frightening, at least this year, uh, because they just don't seem to know how to stop anybody. But this is the Jets, and – we talk. We, we talk about who do who do the Jets have? They have one uh, professional receiver, and it's Jamison Crowder. He's not playing either in this game. Um, like, who in the hell is Sam Darnold going to throw this football yeah. to? So uh, I'm going to take the Bills and give the 11 because I just don't see how the Jets can compete total, with, with anybody total, right now. Total numbers play for me there. Just a total, yeah. just a gut, total gut feel. I, I got nothing. <laughs> no, I, I understand it. Uh, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. Saints coming back off the bye. Carolina at three and three, coming off a tough loss to the Bears. Uh, Panthers six and a half point favorite, or I'm sorry, underdogs. Panthers plus six and a half on the road at the Superdome at the three and two Saints. And the Saints are one of these teams that's hard to read. The Panthers are well rested. They're coming off of the bye. Now we find out that the Saints are not going to have Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders which means that Elvin Kamara is going to have to have 250 all-purpose yards in this game for the Saints to probably cover. Uh, he's going to have to run for a buck 40 and, and catch – well, he'll catch passes in the backfield and then run for 40 yards every time he catches the ball. Ah, this, this is a tough one for me. I would have liked this number more at seven or seven and a half, but this feels like, a, you know, Panthers team, they're coming off the bye. Um, they, they had a bye, right? Yep. They came off the bye. I'm just thinking uh, they played no, the Bears. The, the Saints Bears. are coming off. Yeah, I'm, I'm the sorry. Saints the Saints are coming off the bye. The Panthers uh, just lost yeah. to the Bears. Reading in my research, it says the Panthers were coming off the bye. How's that happen? Uh, um, <laughs> so the Saints are coming off the bye. That, that changes yes. it for me. Because Sean Payton is really good coming off of byes. I still don't like the fact that Michael Thomas isn't around. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I would have liked that number at seven probably because I'd like the Saints to win by seven. So if I take the Saints mm-hmm. to win by seven, they cover. Ah, give me the Saints. Mm-hmm. What the hell? There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully Mike doesn't uh, punch anybody out with uh, that free time that he's going to have not playing tomorrow. I don't know what's going on with that situation, but uh, he was uh, punched out a teammate in some sort of dispute a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders got the goop. Um, it's I don't I understand that the Saints have – and I'm really the, you know, the the patron saint of, of speaking of the Saints, of propping up the Saints and how they've been somehow, you know, putting up points and putting up yardage with the way they've they've, they've been playing. They're playing a whole different style of football this year than they ever had to because apparently Drew Brees' arm is not uh, anywhere near what it used to be. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, this is actually two quarterbacks. They're both very strategic in their attacks this year. Cause Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees are actually playing about the same type of football this year. They're both throwing shorter, but smarter. They're both looking for targets that are not necessarily deep. The, the depth of, of throws are, is not very deep, but when you think they are completely just throwing and checking down, throwing short, there's no way. That's when they launch it on you. That's when they surprise you and spring that, that deep ball. So they're actually playing very similar. Still no Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, but they've, they've done well running the ball uh, in his absence. Uh, former Bear Mike Davis has been uh, doing some good work. Uh, so I actually think the Panthers are going to keep up. And I know, again, I know the Saints have been, uh, somehow making it happen and making some plays, but uh, I don't know if they're going to make enough plays to keep away from the Carolina Panthers um, by six and a half. I, I think the Panthers will stay within a, a possession and, and actually cover that number. Uh, that number is perfect because that's, oh, man, I'm right on the either side of that or six or so oh, crazy. They, yeah. they got that one right. Uh, see what they got this one right or not. Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. It's the uh, Vegas number for the Vegas team, so you would think they would always be right on that one. Uh, Tampa, boy, what can you say about Tommy and, and the system quarterback? They're, they're riding high right now. The 4-2 and two Buccaneers, they are four-point favorites on the road uh, at the 3-2, and two, uh, also coming off a bye. Is that right? Yep, at the 3-2 and two Las Vegas Raiders. I'll tell you what, the Raiders – are getting sold short here. I'm going to take the Raiders to straight up win this game. Um, they have quality wins. They've played well in their new stadium. They've beat. I don't necessarily. Yeah, okay. They beat Aaron Rodgers. They beat the Packers last week. Rodgers had an off game. The offense did just enough. But yeah, like you said, they clearly got to Rodgers. They got him rattled. I think that this is a value pick on the side of the Raiders just because you're starting to get the you're starting to get the Tommy love. I don't see any reason how this is a four and a half point spread going the other way. I don't think the Raiders have done anything to deserve that. You know, not that much, not a seven and a half point swing towards Tampa. Um on the road in this position. I, I think the Raiders are good enough to hang in. They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Saints. They can hang in there. I think they can beat the Bucks here. The, the Tampa Bay went on the road and lost to the Bears. <laughs> we know they can play some stinkers. And I sure. think that the Raiders will have one waiting for them here. By the way, um, Antonio Brown, name and what? blast from oh. the past. We know how uh, this is, ends, right? <laughs> you would think. Bucks just got worse. <laughs> He's on the way. It won't be this week, but uh, Antonio Brown has signed. He is on the way to Tampa Bay. Tommy. Why? You know what? Because Tommy loved that one game that they had up there in New England with AB where they uh, beat the fuck out of the uh, Miami Dolphins, which isn't saying anything. But the fact is he had no practice. He had just had all that uh, drama in in the training camp with the Raiders. They got rid of him. Uh, the Patriots pick him up. He barely has any practice time. Gets out there and balls out and scores a touchdown, and and then winds up talking his way off uh, off the team after one week. And, and Tommy said, I've, "I've seen enough. I know what I know what I uh, what a great receiver looks like, and I've seen enough to know that he's a great receiver. And, and let, let's get him. Let's add him. It, it's the risk. Patri- it's, it's, there's no the risk. Patri- the Patriots would have never signed Antonio Brown last year if they had Mike Evans and Godwin and Howard." 
and Brait and Gronk. It, it, they would have never signed AB to that mix. There's only one ball. Uh, yeah, but this isn't uh, Belichick. This is Bruce Arians. No, and you can't get it, you, you can't get him enough weapons. And why do you need more guys who can like run deep routes? Tom Brady can't get you the ball. <laughs> but Antonio Brown for all. We've seen what happens when he gets down, like against the Bears. He started cluing in on Gronk and some other random white dude I've never heard of, thinking it must have been Julian Edelman. Uh, his name is Miller. Is it, Miller it, or something like that? Edelman. It says Miller. It's not yeah. the same guy. Oh, terrible signing. Terrible move. The Bucks just got worse. I got the Raiders winning. But this is exactly, I guess we see the same thing and, and think the exact opposite of it. That's exactly why you go pick up Antonio Brown is because you're trying to come back and win games throwing to Scotty Miller. And no, that's not going to uh, – and no, for all – The other guys were still there. That's Brady's DNA. I, oh, I have to throw short. I have to throw those little rub routes. i got to force the ball to Gronk. Not, I've got world-class wide receivers. Maybe I should use these guys. Oh, wait, my arm can't get the ball there. But for all of the drama and all of the character issues with Antonio Brown, he is a great wide receiver, not a great just deep threat. He's a great receiver, period. So Was if Chad he's willing to available, <laughs> Des is apparently going to go to uh, to the Ravens, but uh, uh. but but if AB is willing to play the role and be the the, the short white guy and. and, and Knowing him, he'll paint his face white with some whiteout or something to, to fill that role because um, he's got a screw loose, clearly. Want, but if, if he's willing to play that game, we're in the Murga hat. <laughs> make Raiders great again. Uh, yeah, it's not the Raiders, A.B., it's, it's the Buccaneers. Make make Bucks great again. Uh, but if he's willing to play that role and, and be the, the possession guy that, that Brady so desperately needs, then actually it potentially could be a great signing. But I, I think it's fine as it is because it's risk-free. It's not like, you know, you, you're giving up a, whole, a lot of money. You're not giving up draft right. picks. And if he acts out of line, you can get rid of him after one game just like Belichick did. So uh, I, I don't have a problem with it personally. As far as this game goes, he won't be there for that one. Um, as far as this one, the entire offensive line for the Raiders, uh, we, we don't know if they're good or not because they all had to get quarantined because Trent Brown got the goop and was uh, fraternizing with them and practicing with them. So they had to uh, put them all under lock and key. But the last, last thing I read today was that they're all going to be cleared and, and actually play uh, in this game for the Raiders. So that's good for them. Uh, but even despite that, it's limited practice time all week. That's the best scenario for the Raiders is that the game doesn't get moved any further to Monday or Tuesday. Uh, of course, this game was supposed to be originally the Sunday night football game, but they, uh, the NFL put that put this game into the late afternoon slot instead because they didn't want to risk having to push this game further to Monday or Tuesday because of the goop situation. But as it turns out, everyone's going to be okay, so they're just going to play this on Sunday afternoon uh, tomorrow. Um, but at best, it's limited practice time for the Raiders' offensive line. It, it, that's the best-case scenario. And if there is a such thing as game-to-game momentum, which I make fun of because it's really not, but if there is, the Buccaneers should have it after going on a 38 nothing run against the Packers, right? They should come in flying high and feeling real good about themselves. So uh, I, I'm going to take Tampa and, and give the four points. Uh, I can see them uh, putting on enough of a, of a display to, to hold down the uh, the Raiders and, and get that victory. 
Uh, on to the uh, Chiefs and the Broncos in AFC West action out in Denver. The 5-1 and one Chiefs, seven and a hook, seven and a half point favors at Drew Locke and the 2-3 and three Broncos. Looks like we might get our first snow game of the year. Mm. Um, believe it or not, I actually think that benefits the Chiefs. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs here. They're the team that can run the football. Uh, the Chiefs discovered their running game. They're not afraid to use it. I think they've relied on it a little bit too much. But in the slop last week, they were able to sort of mud one out, mud one, mud one out, blah, 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 mud Easy one out against the uh, vastly superior team with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to take. Uh, I'm not going to take Drew Locke and the Broncos. They, they had the nice. They went on the road. They had the nice win against sort of discombobulated. Uh, Patriots team and and kicked a whole ton of field goals. Field goals aren't going to beat the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs here and uh, give the number. Le'Veon Bell should make his bow for Kansas City. His first game as a Chief. If he has anything left, I guess we'll we'll find out. Uh, and Melvin Gordon should be back out there on the field for the Broncos if he didn't put pick up another DUI tonight. And we'll find out tomorrow morning if he did. So if he managed to stay off the roads uh, while drinking, he'll be back for for Denver. Um, and A.J. Boyer, the cornerback, should be back, too. Uh, no Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs again. Uh, and this is the most important to me. No defensive ends, Taco Charlton and Alex Okafor. That's two very uh, talented players on the D-line for the Chiefs that will not be there. Um, and to make weaker and already weak run defense for the Chiefs, already 30th in the league uh, in rushing yards per game that they're giving up. So I think uh, not on the strength of Drew Locke, but on the strength of running the ball with Gordon and uh, the, the other running backs for Denver, uh, Phillip Lindsay. Uh, I, I think they can put together enough uh, yardage on the ground to keep it close in the snow uh, to keep up with Kansas City. I think they'll both run well in the snow. I'm sure KC will find a way to win in the end because they're just much better than Denver, obviously, the defending champs. But I'll take the, I'll take the points. I'll take Denver in the seven and a half. Oh, okay. Jack- Jacksonville and the L.A. Clippers, Ugh. two wins combined between them. Uh, the one in five Jags, seven and a half point underdogs at the one in four Chargers. I, I, I found here in the fine print that I am uh, that anybody who bets football is contractually obligated to not take the cheat, uh, to take the Chargers as more than a seven point favorite, since every game oh. they play must be played within one score, and Anthony Lynn will find a way to lose it. Um. I can't take I, I can't take the Clipper Chargers of Los Angeles as a seven and a hook against anybody, even the Jaguars. So I'll take the Jags and the points because it, you know Herbert will do great rookie things and he'll do some awful rookie things. And I think the Jags are terrible. This feels like this feels high scoring to me. Uh, but I, I could we remember a few a uh, few weeks ago where, where Tennessee just let the Jaguars keep scoring relentlessly on them for no reason. This feels like that kind of game. The Clipper Chargers aren't good enough to, to blow anybody out. Uh, I definitely disagree. I, I don't think there's any reason to think Justin Herbert won't just light up these clowns. The Jaguars haven't done jack uh, since basically that Tennessee game. They had the, the opening day win. They had the game with the Titans where they hung close and they haven't done anything since. Um, they're 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 terrible. They're one of the worst in the league. I will absolutely take LA and give seven and a half. I think they definitely can win by two possessions, and I actually have them winning by three. 
San Francisco and New England. The 49ers are now three and three after finding their mojo and coming back and, and beating up on the Rams last week. Um, and New England now two and three, and much was made about them being under 500 under Bill Belichick for the first time in many, many years. Uh, the Niners are nonetheless still two and a half point underdogs at Cam Newton and the two and three Patriots. Yeah, the last week that game they played against Denver just you want to talk about a team that looked out of sorts and just couldn't get anything going, and that was that was the Patriots last week. Just nothing looked right. I, I don't know if that was the lack of practice, all the things with all the games being moved around, but just nothing nothing really looked good for them. I think Belichick cleans that up. Too many injuries still on the 49ers. Admirable job that they're doing still with the record that they have, given how much talent on both sides of the football isn't there. But I, I think uh, I think they get I think Belichick out coaches Shanahan in this one, and they find a way to cover the the field goal here. I was happy to take Cam and the Patriots against uh, the Denver Broncos because Cam was playing, and I said, "Well, so if Cam's up, <laughs> yeah, if Cam's up, then everything must be all good." Well, everything wasn't all good, so. Uh, there's still no telling, you know, if, if Cam still has effects left over from having to goop. Um, there's no telling what's going on there. If he plays much better, then they're obviously back on track. But it, it's all about Cam. If he doesn't play well, then the Patriots really don't have much of a chance. Uh, Raheem Mostert is out now for the uh, 49ers. Um, they're also missing they're also missing both their safeties, Jaquiski Tard and Jimmy Ward. And I think that'll make a difference uh, uh, because – it should be a good one, Belichick and Kyle Shanahan matching wits, but uh, the San Francisco uh, offense is so inconsistent. Um, I know Cam didn't look good in that loss, but who knows if Jimmy G is, is better than he has been or worse. Um, so I'm going to take the, the points, and, and I'm actually surprised that San Fran was was an underdog in this one because who, who knows what New England is right now. So I'll take San Fran and the points. On Sunday night football, it is Seattle and Arizona. That was – supposed to be a regular old uh, meeting in, in Glendale in, in the afternoon, but that got moved to Sunday night. Um, and Seattle at 5-0, and the other undefeated team coming off their bye, their three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road on the desert at the 4-2 and two Cardinals. Well, it looks like your efforts to kill Jamal Adams have failed. It sounds like he's going to be back, so the one-man band in the Seattle defense is going to come back. I think he's going to make a big difference. Arizona got that nice primetime win against the Cowboys, and they got the shine, and now they get moved into primetime again to get embarrassed by the Seahawks. Uh, different animals, Seattle versus Dallas, and Arizona's going to find that out. we got some stunning potential here. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, last thing I read on um... On the road, I'll look it up after uh, in the after show was that Jamal Adams was not going to play again. Um, oh, okay, because I heard he was. Uh, I heard he was probable for this one, so we'll we'll see. Uh, uh, but the issue for me is Nuke's ankle is still oh, wait, an now issue. He's out. Oh, he was he was downgraded yep. from from that to out. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I just took gonna win. <laughs> yeah, uh, my issue is Nuke's ankle is still a problem for Arizona, and uh, he only had two catches last week against against the Cowboys uh, and Arizona, they had the defense to wipe out Andy Dalton and the Cowboys, but this is Russ and, and the Seahawks is totally different. And I would still consider Arizona in a shootout if, if New Hopkins was healthy uh, against that dead last pass defense of the Seahawks. But I think without a healthy nuke, that's a different animal. So I will agree and take Seattle and give it a three and a half. 
And then Monday night, and we'll have to get into more detail about it in the after show, but it's Chicago and Los Angeles. And here's what the public thinks of the 5-1 and one Bears. They are six-point underdogs of the 4-2 and two Rams. I'll give you my pick quick, and then we can expand on it. Rams. Over the 5-1 and one Bears? The, the yeah. six-point favorites? That's, boy, that's yeah. a lot of points. Sure uh, is. I concur. <laughs> you set me up. I knew you were going to concur. Yeah. Uh, we will definitely get into more of that and more in our after show when we come back. And now into our VIP after show program. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we both do not believe in the uh, in the five and one Chicago Bears, probably for very similar reasons. Uh, well, yeah, the Bears offense, uh, despite the despite the changeover to Nick Foles, twenty eighth in yards, twenty fourth passing, twenty ninth rushing. So here's a team again, you cannot run the football. Twenty uh, seventh in scoring, just awful. Rams defense is great in everything, especially what they need to be great against in this game, which is going to be Nick Foles in that passing attack. I don't know what they're doing. This, this, this bears team is like MacGyver they're doing, they're, they're making bombs out of bubblegum bailing wire and light bulbs. Um, the way that they're doing is this MacGyver. Am I dating myself with the MacGyver? I know they tried to reboot. I know they, I, they tried to reboot MacGyver, but I'm talking about the old Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver, the real MacGyver, the one that aired before Monday night football, the MacGyver, the MacGyver that we grew up with. <laughs> Yes, folks, we're talking 1980s network television again. <laughs> when MacGyver was on at 7 p.m. Central uh, on ABC <laughs> and leading lead to Monday Night Football when we were growing up was MacGyver. Um, yeah, that, that that's this Bears offense. They're smoke and mirrors, call it razzle-dazzle, you know, call it what you want. Um, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look good, but they're they're clearly doing this all on the strength of that defense. But they're going up against a team that's got a better defense in the Rams. The Rams statistically uh, are outpacing the Bears just about everywhere. The Bears' defense against the Rams' offense is actually going to be a fun matchup, unlike when the Rams' defense is against the Bears' offense, which should just be ugly and and an unmitigated disaster. Donald and Nick Foles are going to be uh, acquaintances in this game. Yeah, he's probably going to be making sweet love to Nick Foles all night long, unfortunately for Foles. Um, yeah, I believe in Jared Goff and the L.A. offense. We we talked about how much better Goff has looked this year than, than the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And he's, he's looked really good this year, except for, you know, Sunday. He, he, that was kind of a revert back to the old Rams yeah. golf and As my lock, uh, it, thanks. It, yeah, well, it it, it happens. It, it it did not go well for them. I I don't know what to make of the Forty ers so I don't. I can't really laugh at that being a lot because I, I I wouldn't have thought that San Francisco was was going to put forth that kind of effort, but that looked like the the old Forty ers you know, last week. But uh, I still believe in in. Uh, in LA uh, to come back, uh, even though the, the Chicago defense has really been carrying them and, and really is the reason why they're five and one. I just laughed at that spread when I saw it. Like <laughs> no one thinks the Chicago bears is legitimate. I, that's the worst five and one team ever. It is. I'm sorry. It just is. 
uh, and and obviously people don't think very highly of them if they make them a six point uh, underdog on the road against six point underdog on the road against say uh, the the Steelers the the uh, even the Titans um, the Seahawks uh, some you know the really great teams in the league definitely could see that uh, six point dogs at the L.A. Rams I, that was like wow. <laughs> People really don't think much of Chicago, and you know what? I'm with them. I'm with you, and I'm with they them. They haven't <laughs> earned it. I mean, let's think about these Bears wins. These 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 oh, great Bears God. wins. The dude from the Lions straight up Dropped drops it. the game-winning touchdown. Who's the first well, person who I've ever now. seen who tried to run with the football before he caught it when he's standing in the end zone? You're already there. You're already home. Where are you running? They beat the Falcons because the Falcons just doing what the Falcons do, <laughs> doing what they yes. do. That was the game where they benched Trubisky after the horrible mm-hmm. pick, and they got the little boost from Nick Foles, and Atlanta secondary just decided not to cover anybody. Their tackling was some of the worst I've ever seen. They beat the Bucks when Tom Brady forgets what down it is trying to come back at the end. <laughs> Th- these are your quality bear wins. Um, yeah, good, good on you guys. Yeah. They they beat the Panthers. They didn't drub the Panthers, you know. So yeah. it, it it's not an issue yet, you know. When you think about a team that's that's five and one, you, where's the quality in that five and one? Being five and one, you would say by itself should be quality, but I'm, I'm still waiting for it. You're five and one. Let's go to my favorite stat. They're plus twelve. <laughs> You left out maybe their best win. They, they barely beat the New York Giants. <laughs> Almost came back and, and had them at the goal line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had them. They had them in the red zone, goal to go, and had to hold out Danny Dimes on four straight plays. So yeah, I, I, the Bears have not convinced me um, of anything at all. So yeah, it's not great. It's not a great effort so far. Yeah, and plus plus twelve so mm-hmm. far. I love you know I love my point differential. Um, yeah, well, we'll... I, I love it where you have like the whole a- NFC East is negative point differential, uh, <laughs> and the whole Lord. NFC West, the whole NFC West is plus in the plus minus. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's just that's stunning to me. The best point differential in the NFC West, by the way, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, uh, as crazy a division as that is, just the opposite of, of going on in the, in the NFC East. That has all the makings of historically bad right now. All six of those and teams. ten, I called, or six nine and oh. one if it's the Eagles. <laughs> um, it might six might do it. Wow. So let's say here the Cowboys lose to Washington. They'll both be two and five at that point. And the Eagles will still remain in first place at two, four, and one. If the Cowboys win and they go to three and four, they'll be in first place at three and four. So at least you're earning your way back to respectability. I, I honestly think the Cowboys are just going to go and straight up lose. Uh, either I way, expect them to be down twenty-one to nothing in the second quarter. Because <laughs> that's what they do to, in every single game. Every game so far, right? Well, no matter what happens, that whole division is headed towards the uh, the halfway mark of the season with nobody having a winning record. 
and that's I can't even think of a of a division that has gotten that deep into the season and uh no one's had a winning record. I guess you got to go back to what was the last team that won the division at uh under 500 is that is that Rams out Carolina? There? Did Carolina do it? Uh I, I don't the remember. Last seven and we had the I remember the year that the that the Seahawks did it cuz I predicted it and it had never happened before. I remember that was always what, that was what made it so stunning was that in our in our show when we uh, predicted the the season I actually predicted that we'd get a seven and nine division winner, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was calling a shot. But I think it's happened one more time since then. And I think it has too. I just can't remember who it's been, but that that's it's just it's not like they're. Uh, under 500, but you can see one of the teams is just well. They just keep having bad luck, or they're not. You know, they're 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 just all of them are just bad. Like even the Cowboys, who clearly have the most talent in that division, uh, even they're just bad because that defense is just so awful. They keep giving up big leads every single half, uh, making Dak have to turn to, into Dak time. Uh, that whole rhythm that they were on, that was like an abused wife syndrome, like. You, you, you keep getting beat down and you keep having to rally back and, and pick her up. And, oh, you know, I didn't mean that. You know, I love you. You, you know, you, you know, it, it wasn't, <laughs> I won't, I won't do that again. You know, it was just this one time. And then uh, the next I, uh, all over again. I called this one, the 2014 Carolina Panthers are the last oh, okay. team, uh, seven, eight, and one. Mm. Um, oh my God. Was that? With losing is that record. Mike Glennon? It's Cam Newton. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oof. The Panthers uh, and the 2010 Seahawks are the only losing teams to ever make it to the playoffs in a 16-game season. Yeah, I think the Seahawks had to play the Rams on Sunday night to, to determine who was going to win right. the division. And we won't talk about what happened that next week. Yeah, that was that was beast mode. I, I remember. It's one of my greatest picks of all time. <laughs> if you had that worst pick of all time, that was one of that. That's like top five for me ever. The just because game. Yeah, just because. Ten point underdogs at home. Drew Brees and the Saints. I think it was twelve. <laughs> it was uh, a lot. It was a lot. It was a ton. Um, yeah, so the Panthers uh, were the last. You know what? I have one. I have no recollection of of a Cam Newton team and, winning a division under five hundred. I, I don't remember I, that at all. Is saying that that seven eight and one Panther team and that seven and nine Seahawks team would beat the pants off of anybody right now in the NFC East. They'd beat the brakes off the Cowboys. No no question. I'm sure they they would be up twenty one nothing as well. <laughs> well, that's, it's, honestly, I think the Cowboys just start every game. At the start of the second quarter, spot in twenty one, and then we just that's how every game starts now. I mean, I'm I'm taking them because I can't I just can't imagine them being down to, to these guys like that, to, to the to the potato skins. If they give up twenty one to the potato skins in the first half. Giant. Yeah. To those guys? I'm I'm doing it again. To these guys? I, hard to imagine. Giants scored uh twenty one. Right, twenty-one mm-hmm. on 
uh, Thursday. So just for perspective for you here. So they were both one and five going into the game, right? The Thursday game? Thursday game, they were both one and five. Washington and New York. Oh, right, right, right. Steve, that Washington had outscored the Giants going into Thursday night's game. That that would be hard to believe. Yeah, the, the Giants prior to um, Thursday night had 101 points that they had scored. Take a drink. The, the russet red potato skins. <laughs> Um, we're at 108, <laughs> so yeah. they're touchdown ahead of the uh, the Giants. Terrible. I don't know how they got to 108. I, I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> That's stunning, actually. Uh, uh, I believe that was that 101 the worst in the league. Oh no, the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> you had to know. Jets have scored 75 points in. You had to know the Jets are the worst at whatever category you're trying to bring up. I am just looking at these standings, and I'm just looking at all these teams, you know, and they're they're like they're they're plus 10, they're plus 30. A couple of really good teams are plus or minus 50. The bad teams are minus. The Jets are minus 110. It's it's not competitive. They're they're getting their doors blown off. Yeah, and I took them this week. Well. Because they can't go 0-16 against a number, right? That that just can't happen. You wouldn't well, because think. what happens when you start developing that trend is that these 10- and 11-point spreads, they find their way to 15 and 18. <laughs> right. and they're just going to be daring us to pick the Jets. Yeah, I'm surprised, actually, uh, that this threat isn't 14 or 15. I mean, the Bills have been really good. I, I, I kind of don't understand why this isn't that big. Let me see where did this open. Uh, I bet it opened here. about fourteen. Oh, okay. Huh. This line has moved a point. Interesting. Where's the money going on this one? Uh, oh my God! How did this line only move a point? Nobody must be betting on it because all the money's on the Bills. Eighty-eight huh. percent of the sharps are on the Bills. Seventy-four percent of the public. So you, well, you know what? <laughs> You know, that's one of those games where you go ahead and take uh, New York because you're like, what do they know? Why won't they move that spread even farther? What, what do they know? Money going on the bills. How'd that only move the number? It tells me it only moved the number by a point because it's not a lot of money. I mean, people just staying away. Well, I would put my money on it. I know that. So uh, what, take that for what you will. <laughs> yeah. No I, I think I just, I... just put the whammy on them. Uh, so let's see. We got uh, the game that I've already lost on Thursday. So not counting that. Let's see how many we're disagreeing on this be. week. Uh, yeah, it felt like a lot. Um, it is. Is that is eight again? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think there's another eight burger. Eight on top of Thursday night. Yeah, not counting Thursday. Yep, Dallas, Washington, Houston, Green Bay, Buffalo, New York, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa, Las Vegas, Denver, KC, LA, Jacksonville, San Fran, New England. We're we're different on all of those. Okay. 
And of course, Ooh. Houston Green Bay is really going to be interesting because you are, are pretty pretty hard against my lock, and I'm I'm locking in the Texans. And you 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 think Green Bay is going to really rally back? And and you know what? Aaron Rodgers off of losses, uh, he can he can get pretty mad, and and uh, so he might make me look really stupid, and and might make it two locks in a row that I lose. So I can I can absolutely see that happening. But I just think there's this is one of those where I'm adding up the factors that to me appear to be against Green Bay and for Houston is like, that's a lot of different factors that, that make it seem like uh, the Texans should take this. See what covers has the trends here going for me. Uh, Packers are five and zero against the spread in their last five games following a straight up loss. That's not good for me. Uh, but, ooh, all so, the Texans trends are very bad. <laughs> Texans are zero and six in their last six games as an underdog against them. Oh and four against the spread versus a team with a winning record. Uh, one and six against the spread in their last seven games overall. I, all right, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm I'm good with all of that because all all of those uh, trends Bill are Bill O'Brien games. That's exactly right. I'm Trent good with all of that. Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Packers oh. are four and zero. Oh last four games against the spread after scoring less than 15 points in their previous game. That's what I mean. This is going to be like pissed off Aaron Rodgers. It, it, so. it very well could be, unless J.J. Watt gets there and sits on his head every play. Which could happen. I have a feeling that he's – I have a feeling the ball's coming out quick in this game. It, it better. <laughs> for, for his sake, it better. Yeah. Uh, it, hey, you locked it up. I locked up Pittsburgh – you locked up Houston, so 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 we're not going obvious on the locks, which you think would be our ploy for a lock. But yeah, obvious would be whoever's playing the Jets, and we haven't done that yet. I Jets. Yes, you're, you're you're going with the 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 points in the Jets. Now, zero and six against the spread. That's the obvious pick to me. Uh, that's probably my uh, next lock after if it wasn't Houston. But. You took the Cowboys, who are 0-6 against the number. That, that's Because it's the Washington potato skins. I just don't – it's Kyle Allen, for the love of God. I, I, uh. yeah, they, apparently, Haskins has got illness. I, I don't know what that means. Um, but, I know Haskins is, is trying to, like, get himself thrown off the organization, apparently. I, well, I say that, uh, you know, facetiously. But the man did uh, – get a hotel reservation at the team hotel for a family friend, which is in this age of goop is absolutely forbidden. So he, he's definitely got fined for that. Uh, uh, but yeah, he take a drink. Drink too late. I've already drank. And, uh, <laughs> there's three and three against the spread. Yeah. Uh, three covers. Somehow. I think one of them was against the giants. Right. That division. Yeah, that division. <laughs> Here we go again. And the Cowboys are that division. So if, if they did it again, wouldn't be a surprise. But yeah, I I, I got I got red rifle. Uh, you know, I don't feel great about it. But yeah, I, I definitely don't feel good about anything the the football team is doing. I said I love Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan in this game. Sure, that's, 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 could definitely see that happening. You know, Chico's going to get after him. Yeah, yeah. If they win, it's going to be really ugly. Mm-hmm. Sharps are with me. Odd. 
Sharp, yeah. sharp money is out. Potato skins, that is. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of overs. Uh, it's been working out mostly for me this year. But unders this week, I, I've got a few. I, I think Pittsburgh, Tennessee, I already talked about. I think that's going to be low scoring, and, and I think both teams are going to be careful. They don't want to make the, the big mistake. So I got that as, as an under. I got uh, the Bills and the Jets as an under because the Bills uh, probably aren't going to be able to put up a whole lot with, with – uh, you already said Smokey Brown is out, so it's going to be just basically Project looking to Stephon Diggs over and over again, and the Jets can't score on anybody. Yeah, so I, I like that under. I like uh, – I know there's a couple un- uh, couple other unders that I liked. Um, oh, San Fran and New England because both of those offenses are kind of like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that New England Denver, we didn't talk about it. What a icky, weird football game. Yeah, what, 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 what could you talk about? How could you break that down? Cam just did not look like Cam, the – Offense didn't look very good at all, and yeah, that's uh, very shaky, very shaky looking. Uh, trying to come from behind, no practice time the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, you can credit you know Vic Fangio and the Broncos' offense. I don't want to make it seem like uh, it was all about you know Cam Newton just didn't look good. They they pressured him, they put some uh, they put some heat on him, and they and they turned into complete effort. Um, but I still think that's mostly about Cam Newton coming back from his illness and uh, not the team not being able to practice that much. I think it just took a toll. I, you know, Belichick is, is still the goat for coaching, but there's only so much you can do. Just an odd football game. You don't expect a a team to go into New England and in six field goals and uh, and win easy. Well, it, it, nothing seemed too easy about that game. It, it was it was tough going both ways, but yeah, the Broncos pulled it out. I, I you know, I, I go. I definitely am going to keep a real close eye on New England this week against uh, the 49ers, uh because I want to see Cam again. Uh, I might uh, try to figure out a way to watch. Uh, either watch that whole game or get the 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 deep highlights. The you know the the whole package highlights uh, the you know, NFL network has, you know, big chunk highlights, like 10, 12, 14 minute highlights instead of just a little two minutes on, uh, you know, game pass or game day or whatever. Um, but I want to see cam and see if he's back and if he's, or if he's still feeling ill effects and if the timing is off, the, the running's not there. If everything is, is, is still off beat. I, I want to know because cam Newton is one of those players over the last, uh, several years that if everything isn't lined up exactly right for him, he's uh, seems to have a hard time adjusting and doesn't, uh, he doesn't really play uh, his team back into it. If, if everything isn't uh, on a perfect path for him, he had that MVP season where everything was lined up perfectly and he was able to play the Superman role and, and dive over into the end zone and make plays when, when he had to. Uh, but if, if everything isn't just perfectly, you know, perfectly aligned for him. He, he's really sensitive as far as that goes. So uh, I want to see if he's still, uh, you know, a little bit off. Okay. I mean, I, I think they bounce back. So I, I that's why I went with the Patriots here. Um, I, I don't trust the Niners either. You know, you talk about teams and trust. It's hard to trust the 49ers with all those injuries, but I give them credit for what they're doing with them, but they just keep 
they just can't stay healthy. They've got that damn Super Bowl loser jinx thing going. <laughs> I don't trust either one of these teams right now. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you can trust either one, really. So any anybody who, uh, you know, I don't know if you're paying attention to the, uh, the Rays comeback and, and win. Uh, or no, if you had man. that going in the background. Rays, yeah, Rays come back in the ninth on Kenley Jansen. Oh. And win the game, 8-7. to seven, um, On a Brett Phillips single up the middle that the Dodgers uh, center fielder then booted and let two guys score. Oh, jeez. Completely booted it. Just a weak little single up the middle, and he goes to glove it and overruns it. And, and, and two guys end up scoring from first and second on a single up the middle and win the game for the Rays. Mm. That Rays team, a third lowest payroll in baseball. Amazing what they do. <laughs> and it's 2-2 two two now. It's 2-2 two two against the Dodgers. They're, they're two wins away from a, from a world title. <laughs> they put team. eight runs up on the Dodgers today. When they need no, it. Definitely, uh, yeah. I mean, if, no, that, I, if you go down 3-1, I don't think you come back against this team. At 2-2, anyone's thing. Yeah, I think it was 2-1 Dodgers when I turned it off, so no, I had no idea about any of that. It eventually got to 6-6, I know. Mm. And the Dodgers took the lead late, and then, yeah, two runs in the ninth off of Kenley Jansen. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> right. That was out of hand. Let me see here. Was it was four two at one point, then it was six four. Oh actually yeah, it was four to two. Then the Rays scored three and went up five to four. Jeez, then the Dodgers scored two. The only run the only inning of the game where somebody didn't score a run was the second inning. Hmm. Somebody was scoring a run. Um, in every inning, and a lot of in the middle innings, it was both teams were scoring. So crazy. Yeah, that might be something if I'm really bored to go sit down and look at again. That I feel like in my lifetime, Game Fours of World Series have been crazy like that, and I think it's got something to do with the pitching rotations. Like this one was, yeah. uh, you know, Tampa decided to make it a bullpen game. They don't even bother with. You know, once you get past their first two or three starters, they don't even care. They just say, "All right, we'll, we'll throw out whoever's in the bullpen, whoever is fresh." They go what? They go Glasnow, Morton, and Snell, and that's about it for them, right? Pretty much. They're um, now set is... back up. Glasnow, mm-hmm. Snell, and the Dodgers uh, started Urias, but uh, obviously he didn't have too good of a night. So, yeah, I think. Uh, rotations go through their first two or three in the world series. And then that game four turns into a bit of a clusterfuck. Cause now you're talking about, unless you're going to start your number one guy on three days, which that's, that was a, a more common thing when we were younger, but hardly anybody does that anymore. Um, it's either going to be na- uh, your number four guy who just by definition, isn't very good, or it's going to be what the Braves are doing, which is the bullpen thing. And it, it feels like the game fours of World Series are like the the complete crazy. Uh, anything can happen. Uh, bet the over. Uh, uh, that type of thing is. I got to go back and and look at that because it it might not be. That you know, it might be something that I'm sort of imagining or dreaming up. But it that had there have been some game fours of World Series that have just been like, uh, what series was that? Um, 
I want to say like uh, one of the Blue Jays world titles was uh, the, the 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 Joe Carter series. Um, yeah. I think the game four of that was like thirteen to eleven or something like that. Uh, so that's just that's just one example. But it wasn't the me, Cubs it, World Series because Kluber shut us down in game four. But that's one of those where they take their one of their best starters. Yeah, Kluber is not a yeah, not a they, number four starter. Yeah. Which may have which may have cost them the series because he ran out of gas in Game Seven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's why oh. most people don't do that. Yeah, you burned your guy up. Yep. All right. Well, it's been a long day for me. I don't know about you, but I think I'm ready to, to pack it. Uh, I, my boss, uh, I, I we had a big thing going on at work today. My boss, I left the house for work this morning at seven fifteen, and I got home at seven. So it's been a long day too. Yeah, that's long. Yeah, disagreeing um, on eight again, but again. <laughs> but at least I'm, I'm, I, I got one. That's all I know. I got one. You, you already got one. Yeah, I'm laughing and feeling good about it because again, there's so many things that can go your way. You know, it, it, I'm looking. I'm talking about myself when I say you're away. There's so many things that could go my way that. You know, I, I bring home like six of eight, and I'm just thinking, yes, all right, here we go. I'm set up, and I'm ready to go. And it might be another one of those frowny, uh, sad football parties because it might be uh, another split. It might be where you get six of eight, and, and it might be some cheap ones, and I'm just very aggravated and angry the, the entire show. <laughs> you might explode. <laughs> I might hear an explosion about 3 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. And Memphis is gone. My my head might just blow up the entire region. The the Jets got a garbage time touchdown to to get that (laughs) thing to, you know, like, it'll be a crazy number, like 25-15. It'll be some ridiculous score. Uh, You you heard it here, folks, if it does happen that way. Or or the Bills Bills get up 10 and miss the extra point or something. It's going to be... Got a weird feeling about that game that you know, and I could be completely wrong that they could lose this game fifty-two to nothing because that's what the Jets do. That's what should happen. Yes, should absolutely one hundred percent exactly what should happen. But there, I will say they're better, not much better, but they are better with Sam Darnold um, completely. Um, oh, here, here it is. Uh, I found the stat the. Jets are eleven and nineteen when Darnold starts, zero and eight when he doesn't. <laughs> so, but I, I was sort of using, but I was sort of using a little of that when I was picking the Jets earlier in the year. I'm like, Sam Darnold isn't terrible. They, they, they've had success with him. He's, he's you know, they, he's he's been okay you know what, at times. Darnold can't do. He can't tackle Jared McKinnon <laughs> on fourth, on third and thirty-one. From his own, from his own like ten yard line, he can't do that. Lord, he just had no, that cover. If not play too. That was like the that that was the one that 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 was the one that just was that your lock that week with the Niners. Yeah, the 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 further I get away from that game, the better. Yes. Yeah. Thirty one. Well, Jarek McKinnon. You're gonna go to bed tonight. Close your eyes. You're gonna see Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> Darnold also can't make the tackle on 80-yard touchdowns to start the game 
first play of the game. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold uh, gets like a, a quarterback keeper and gets a seam like Daniel Jones had, Darnold would really score. <laughs> he won't trip over his own feet. Sniper. Sniper hit is all you can say. Sniper yeah. got him. <laughs> all right. I think that's All good. right. Eight games, again, we're fighting for week seven, uh, not counting the Thursday night. That's nine if you count the Thursday nighter, and then Jay already got that one. So you know, I got some. I'm happy about this, that last night gets me up three on you, so at least I've got a little cushion going into a week where we disagree on eight games. On, on eight again. <laughs> yep, so I got some catching up to do once again, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I expect another long call from Bryson Brooklyn if Pittsburgh comes through and beats Tennessee, as we both say that they will. So we'll, we'll look forward to that again next week. Maybe uh, hey, cover. We can get our Jets fan to call. <laughs> oh, Lord. That poor Jamie. guy. He's probably... <laughs> He's probably into uh, several bottles of things uh, at this point. Uh, but in any event, we are thankful for Bryce and Brooklyn for joining us. We want to thank them for that, and we want to thank all of you for listening. This has been in much less detail the podcast. He's Jay. I'm Dre. We will talk to you all next week. Halloween is coming up next Saturday night, and we will have all your spooky picks and regular picks for week eight in the NFL, and we'll recap this week seven in which we're once again having a big, big disagreement on eight big games on Sunday. Can't wait to see how that turns out. We will talk to all of you next week. Enjoy your football tomorrow. 